0: What is happening everybody? We're back again, another episode, the Off Track Experience, and we've got a good one this time. We're uh we're in the new studio finally. We finally kitted out the, the lounge room at home and we've got it set up so we got our first guest in to, to christen it, which is Andy Hardy. Andy Hardy's a good friend of mine. He's uh moved to Bright a year ago. But yeah, I've only really known him for a year now, which is um seems like longer. He's one of those people you kind of meet up with and yeah, you kind of get along with straight away. Straight away, He's got a lot of good energy. He's kind of just easy to talk to, easy to get along with, but sat down and picked his brain for two hours. He's also the, I don't know what his exact title was. He's the editor, director, kind of does a bit of everything, but he, he works in a team at Emble Studios, which is based here in Bright. So between him, Jacinta and Jared, they kind of, they run the show there and it's been cool to see the growth in that over the last few years and, and where they've come from and where they're going. So it's, it's it's cool to see such a such a big production company coming out of such a small little town, but it's cool they got a lot of cool projects coming up, and yeah, I, ho- I hope that uh, I'll be able to do a little bit more work with them in the coming future, so that should be good. But yeah, picky's brain on that and kind of breaking the stigma of just being a tradie or going down a path that I guess your parents and I guess everyone in a small town expects you to do. So it's kind of how he branched out and took on photography, and yeah, what he's been able to do with that is pretty cool. So yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it, because I definitely did, but yeah, here you go. Andy, howdy, everybody. I think, I think you look, can you hear yourself in there? <sighs> it's nice, isn't it? See, I like podcasts, well people don't just hear. do a little ASMR, you know. See, people don't, don't like being in their own heads, but I kind of like it, well, in this sense of hearing it. Yeah, it's cool.
1: It's, it's good.
0: You, you definitely enter a new world, hey? Yeah, dude. We're we're like in here together and there's no one else. <laughs> you're like, you're it's like in like a, like, a fish tank.
1: It's like true one-on-one time with
0: Dean. Yeah. It's good. It's not such a bad thing to have. Am I like, too close? Move? No, you want it pretty close. Try and move it, I reckon, like off to your side. So like it's like So it's like so there not but not there. Yeah, see? Mm. So, How you, so you can teach me a thing about filming, but, but, but I can teach you a thing about podcasting.
1: Yeah, I know. I actually want to learn. This is... This is a badass setup. This it's is good. It's pretty cool.
0: Did you feel so, like when you walked in, were you just like...
1: I was like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> dude,
0: I'm entering there. Like, what have I done? What you, do you think it was? Just, I feel like I've come a long way in the last... I don't know. last Like, at least the last week. Dude, I think if compared
1: to like... I think I watched an old vlog of yours where you were like... Or interviewing someone with a table and in like some like, gutter, Dude, like was, camping chairs, was and the audio was rough. And then now I'm sitting here listening to myself, yeah. and I'm like Ooh, I sound
0: good. It sounds good through here. I mm. can even bring it close, like bring it like almost. Some people say a fist Most away, close. fist away, almost <laughs> close. <laughs> I just like the, the, the check with the fist. <laughs> Do I am I doing it right? <laughs> so, Andy, you
1: should bring, be recording this. This is recording. Oh. <laughs>
0: perfect <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean uh, no nah, dude i think um it's funny how like before like i've been around like filmers and people that like obviously like even cameras all this stuff like since i started racing but i've never really shown interest in it until mm. recently and then as soon as i've shown interest now i'm just like hooked on it hey like and you open because when i went you know how when i was going over to the World Cup. Yeah. I put a photo up of that lens, the Sony lens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh that's gonna like because the crop sensing sensors or whatever, it's gonna like narrow it down. Yeah. And I was like, What do you mean? Then you're like it's not a full frame camera and that just like like hit this switch oh, in me. Yeah. That's when I got hooked on it, man. I like looking at lenses and bodies and everything and the I'm open- like
1: <laughs> Opening up Pandora's box.
0: Oh, it's a just rabbit like, hole, man. Yeah. It's, it's so good though. I'm like addicted to lenses now. Yeah. It's it's a dangerous addiction
1: though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so like, expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, when you look at a camera
0: body, I thought the camera body's like, okay, that's the most expensive yeah. thing and you're done and then everything else is like cheap add-ons <laughs> and like lenses are like five grand and stuff. Know, and you're like, dude, what do you mean? Yeah.
1: Like the latest 50 mil that we got was like four and a half. We get hooked up through... Uh, Sony Australian, like get a little bit of a deal on some stuff, which is pretty sweet, but still, like those 50 mils are amazing. But I remember I was using, I was letting like Riley use it when we went and shot that thing, uh, the fist thing, and we yeah. were using the cable cam and stuff. Yeah. And I let Riley use it. He's like, dude, this is amazing. How much is it? I'm like, four and a half grand. He's like, gave it back to me immediately. you didn't want to use it. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of money just to be holding there when like
0: someone's like on a bike throwing rocks at you as well. Oh,
1: totally. But you realize like when you use it, the the quality difference and stuff. But there's great affordable gear and stuff as well. It's just, yeah, you definitely open up Pandora's box. It's like your first ever prime lens. Like what you get, it's like a gateway drug. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so good <laughs> filming, photography, everything
0: oh, and you just need to take one good photo and then it just like you' you're yeah, like you're, you're, so in, you're, you're so invested, you're so invested, I think having Riley live here and like. Because I'd always be like, "Hey, we need to shoot something," and because he's right, he would just go shoot it. And I was like, "That makes all your content, like everything, looks so much better." Oh yeah. And then I was like, "Why don't I just buy a camera?" Because I actually enjoyed it every time we're at World Cups. I always steal a photographer's camera and yeah. go shoot photos. Like <laughs> I really do enjoy photography and videography. And then it was just one of those things I just never did it. And then now I'm yeah I'm hooked. Like, yeah, no, it's hooked.
1: fun, man. It's really cool. And like, I mean, for myself, it was like. Oh, dude, camera's taken me so many places and got me into so many really cool situations <laughs> and just like so many memories where like if I didn't have a camera, it wouldn't have happened. You know. Mm. So
0: when did you get hooked on it? When did you get the camera bug?
1: When did I get the camera bug, dude? I reckon. I, so I got. Um, I actually still have this like Olympus. It's like a, Olympus Trip. Like any sort of street photographers will know. It's like this kind of point and shoot little. Analog thirty-five mm camera. My mum gave it to me when I was going on like like a year ten or year nine camp excursion. We're going on like a ghost tour, and uh, and I remember having this little thing, and and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I kept on kind of using it, and then um, eventually for Christmas one year, my folks got me this Fuji film, like. You know those cameras where you can like you the the thing in front of the shutter will like zoom the lens in yeah. and out. Those yeah. like they're pretty shitty, but anyway, <laughs> you <know>, they gave, <laughs> hey, gave my, me that. Hey, my Sony C has got that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry Oh man I was like Don't you hate on that I It's mean, <laughs> no. a gateway drug <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the same Sort of gateway drug As a Prime lens yeah. With the big zoomy boy And it just goes in and out But like uh, those, I get what you mean though Those yeah. things are sweet I mean they've come a long way Like now they're a lot better Back in the day They were like Not that great But mm. I mean you could get ones That you could like Zoom in and fill the frame With the moon or something Like they yeah. Those are cool And the quality's way better But anyway I remember getting that For Christmas And then just like I was, like, starting to – I was, like, riding BMX and stuff back in the day and, like, just started shooting my friends, like, riding BMX and skateboarding and then and then I was, like, started to get really interested in Photoshop because I was trying to, like – we had a really crappy skate park, like, where I grew up. Like, I grew up in northwest Tasmania, like, in this place. Forest is the actual name of the, the town. It's just farmland. But Smithton, the closest skate park, was not good. But they had all this vacant land around it and we were like, fuck, let's try and, like, save some money – Or, like, you know, do some, uh, like, comps and events and stuff and, like, do sausage sizzles and save money. And then the council were like, hey, we'll match that. And then the state government matched that funding as well. Yeah. and So so they did do that? Yeah, we ended up... Was that
0: the plan at the start?
1: Well, like, that was kind of what what really stemmed because I was, like, shooting on my mates skating and riding BMX and then we're using the photos. And then I would go home and, like, learn Photoshop and make posters for the skate comps, like, when I was real young. Yeah. So that's where it kind of really started and then... um, Yeah, and then I, like, really got hooked on it in high school when I had a really good, uh, like, relief teacher, so.
0: Was that, like, a super positive, like, reinforced thing when, like, your art then created all this money to then create, like, you had, like, a direct link to like it was cool seeing bridging what, the gap between it was just cool seeing what like
1: you could achieve by like with a photo, you know. And all it would have been was like my mate like doing a table doing a tape like yeah. like off, off the court the big quarter there and we're like sausage scissors and we'd do them all the time. Yeah. And then eventually we like me and my buddies sat down with a designer and like basically based it off of like unit is it unit twenty three or unit twenty four or whatever it is in the, I think it's in the UK, that like really cool bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and it's like kind of get this like curved wall ride into it. And so the park looks amazing. It didn't quite get built probably to like code or whatever. It's like, so some parts were a bit rough, but yeah. like going back and writing it now in the BMX is pretty fun because like it kind of got built and then I moved to Melbourne and started like moved to Melbourne to study photography. Um But yeah, it was like, it got built and then I left. And so yeah. now I get to go back and I'm like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Yeah. Like we and you this. helped yeah, build that. Like yeah. literally build that. With well, like We had the like content. all our folks and stuff are there like, you know, flipping sausages and like,
0: you know, run competition yeah, that, stuff. It was cool. It that's was pretty wholesome. Like, that's, like it a, was pretty that's a very wholesome story. Just <laughs> cooking snags, raising snacks. money. Yeah. Just like small country town things. <laughs> yeah. Now that's awesome. That's really cool. No, it was good. It is crazy what you like, you say like you create, I guess, a feeling with the photo and then what that feeling can carry on to like yeah. people actually like, oh, look what this is creating and like look at totally. the community of people that actually come together and then that creates a positive effect. Yeah, and that all just stems from a cool photo.
1: Nah, totally. That was that was the cool thing, and I think I, from there, I sort of like had a mixture of like being really interested in like, uh, you know, documenting things and like you know photographing people. But then I went through this massive phase of like just wanting to create, a, like you said, like creating a feeling with a photo. I like sort of had this really cool mentor in Tassie. Who was a landscape photographer, and he his name's David Murphy. He owns a gallery in Stanley called the Cow and Calf Gallery, and which are a couple of islands off the coast. But anyway, so <laughs> he he like he basically kind of took me under his wing, and I just want like wanted to photograph beachscapes like him. who would just do like slow shutter speed of like water and rocks and stuff. Yeah. and I was like, whoa, they just like had this feeling to them. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, I want to do that. Like, I want to create stuff like that. And so I went on this journey of doing that for ages before you know, eventually, you know, going on to do other things. So that was
0: your first thing is like beach photography?
1: Yeah, well, that was my first like serious thing. And I had like my first solo exhibition doing like beachscapes, essentially. Mm. Like when I was probably like 16, 15, 16 or something like that. Yeah. So
0: that was cool. And then where did you go? What was like after beaches? Because you then moved to Melbourne <laughs> and you started doing like, you started studying at university yeah. for photography. What yeah. kind of like, what is like, because obviously you say you study photography, but is there like a
1: certain like, yeah, well, I majored in photojournalism, yep. but I you could do art, photojournalism, or commercial. Yeah, and I majored in PJ, but um, yeah, dude, the way I even got into there was like a weird little circumstance of events because, like, growing up, I grew up on a farm, and like, you know, I guess you know, growing up in Taz was, I, I think, a lot of the sort of pathways that people choose are sort of. Normally pretty set out, like something like photography is like pretty out there. Like not many people would think, oh, you're going to go and have a career in photography. Yeah. And I never even thought that. I was like always pretty good at math. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll go and do architecture. And my folks like, yeah, that's a good idea. Go and do architecture. That's cool. Yeah. And then I got into architecture at RMIT and like a couple of weeks before I was about to leave, I had this like mentor, and like one of my major mentors, Kevin O'Daly, who was like my relief teacher in photography in, in year 11 and 12. I like ended up shooting all these kind of like you know uh, wineries and a few commercial gigs with him, just assisting him. And he, I didn't really know much about him, but he knew heaps about Photoshop, and I'd always stay back after school and ask him questions because I was trying to design all these like skate posters, yeah. like for the skate park. And he uh, he called me. He was like, "Hey, what are you doing next year?" And I, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go do RMIT, uh, go to RMIT and do architecture." And he's like what the F are you doing? And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you love photography. Why don't you go and do photography? And so like two weeks out, he was like, let me make a phone call. And I remember like really specifically, like I'm like 18, like driving the tractor on my parents' farm. (laughs) And he calls me back. I'm like ripping up a paddock for like something to be planted in there. He calls me back and he's like, hey, you're into, you're going to photography studies college. And I was like, wait, really? And he's like, yeah, I've got you in. Like huge big industry guy. So he's like, he, like he knew signed, he, yeah. So he, Without them even seeing my portfolio because he, he, I'd been shooting with him so much and I didn't really know back then, but he was he was president of the Australian Institute of Photography for like six years. He owned the largest commercial portrait studio in the Southern Hemisphere. Like, Really? It- yeah, like basically sold his studio, retired to Tassie, has this beautiful house on the coast. Mm. And I never thought you could make money from photography. And he was like, well, dude, look, look at what, where my life took me.
0: Yeah, know? he would have seen the potential in it. And you're yeah. just like, I'm just going to go do like the set out path of yeah. what I think I should. I think very like small town mentality is very like, totally get a job dude i almost went you get a trade or you go
1: to union you do the normal things you're engineer or you architect or you're like law or you teach or med or whatever it's like all these things like this sort of like less than 10 normal pathways right? but now it's like people are just inventing jobs left right and center so
0: many more i remember being in school and all my friends were going to university for engineering and i was like yeah i like that that's cool i'll do that and i was fully in my head i was like i'm gonna do year 12 and then i'm gonna go to university and do engineering just because like the majority of my friends were doing it. And you kind of like, oh, I do that. I want to do that. I'll make man- money doing that. And then I was like, why don't I get this writing thing a go? Like I'm already <laughs> doing it. I'm already good at it. I know. But it's like, doesn't seem like a realistic thing until you actually like, no, if I do this and yeah, that, it will work out. And it's like a bit of a plunge. Cause I like, oh, I dude. miss like all the year 11 and then I dropped out of year 12, which could have been seen as like a, a Bad thing, I guess, yeah. by, by some people, but it's like, yeah, if you actually put in work to something else, totally. there's so many opportunities that come up.
1: And I think it's the other thing like, I remember we were driving to go riding, like in Beechworth, uh, a while back, and we were talking about that thing. <laughs> I remember you said to me, It was like, Tell me, tell me, I can't. How does it go again? What
0: is it? Tell me, I, I can and I'll try. Tell me, I can't and I will.
1: Yeah. And so I had that say, and I remember we were like, oh, This is so rad because we're on the same like mindset about that because I was so in that as well because I remember like bailing on arch- on architecture and then being like, I'm going to go and do photography and my folks were like, oh, look, like we s- we support whatever you want to do but just know mm-hmm. you might be a broke artist for the rest of yeah. your life. And and I remember hearing that and being like, and it wasn't that they didn't support me. Obviously, the, in those words, there's a level of them being like, oh, hell yeah, we'll support whatever you want to do. but then, That's not like, going to happen. Yeah, but it yeah. was like, oh, I don't know if it'll happen. But then I really like used that and then a lot of other people, you know, I mean... Definitely, loads of other people said similar things to me. Where they're like, "Oh yeah, like you know, you don't really know what the career path will be." But then, yeah, things snowballed for me. Like after I hit the ground in Melbourne and like started studying, and then halfway through my uni degree, I was like shooting weddings, like all up and down the, you know, all over the place, all over Melbourne, and traveling to shoot weddings and stuff as well. And then I remember like it was my mum and dad's like. Wedding wedding anniversary. Like, I'll, shoot, of, I'll shoot the
0: photo. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was their wedding anniversary. Send them a bill.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that Touché. was.
0: Touche! <laughs> Touche! <laughs> 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 send them like a $2,000 bill. Oh, this is just my normal quote. Here you go. Just put in the mail. They're just like. <laughs> no. <laughs> what,
1: what actually happened, though, was like it was like their wedding anniversary. And I remember going back and I'd been shooting weddings for a little mm-hmm. while then, and they were like. And they hadn't really been overseas. They'd been to New Zealand or whatever uh, like a, a while back, but they, they hadn't really been sort of Southeast Asia or anything where you have a real culture shock. And so I was like making pretty good money shooting weddings and I paid for an all-expenses trip for them to go to Thailand for like 10 days. Mm. And I was like, yeah, broke out us that, yeah. huh? You know, that That's was my good. like me yeah. showing them, you know. Yeah. But
0: um, That's good though, man. But it's funny <laughs> because it's like even when they said that, like did that come out of a place of like the whole – like, kind of doubt him, but in a way that's like, you know, it's going to be motivating. It gives you
1: drive, you know, yeah. I think as well. But there's like, you got to toe the line a little bit. But yeah, it was even funny. It was like, I did that though. And then I was like, I was still studying at uni. So I was like, yeah, paid for them, gave them th- the tickets. I'm like, oh my God, no way. And then like, you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it brushing yeah, your yeah, shoulders I'm like, off. I'm like, yeah, broke card of stuff. <laughs> but hey, mum, can I have some money
0: for lunch this week? It's <laughs> <laughs> very hit and miss, isn't it? All the money's gone on their <laughs> yeah, trip. All the money's gone on their trip. Oh, man. But what was, um, what was the guy's name that mentored you? And then, what, yeah, what, what his, his name's name?
1: Kevin O'Daly So he's still a good friend of mine. I've seen him whenever I go back to Tassie, but yeah, I just remember like being in, being in, in like school. So our our like photography teacher in year 11 and 12 got really sick. And, and he was, uh, his partner is, uh, the student counselor, I think at school. And she was like, Oh, Hey, do you want to like relief teach? You know, I found out that she said, Oh, do you want to like relief teach the photography class? Hmm. He didn't have anybody. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, he came in and all of a sudden he had so much of a wealth of knowledge of like, you know, photography and digital and and also like, um, you know, Photoshop and all this stuff. And I was just picking his brain all the time and then started shooting stuff with him. But I remember being like sitting at the desk one day playing with his key ring. And it was like, and it was, it was like this, this like round circle with a ball in the middle. And I was like playing. And I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, you don't know, what that is. It's like, oh, that's like a Porsche club member key ring. I was like, why do you have a Porsche? Aren't you a photographer? Really? (laughs) He's like, I race them. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So you can actually like... So that's when it opened you up to like... you. It wasn't that it was about money, but it was like just seeing that level of success from somebody in an industry that like I had, I thought was just like full of people that were like, you know, kind of like... I think a lot of people just thought by. that years ago were well, like just getting by, you know, like that it's like you're doing it for the love of your art form and whatever and I still do it for the love of the art form or whatever but you just didn't really think you could have a successful business and lifestyle from like chasing something that's like your passion and dream, you know, and I'm sure you thought that with like mountain biking as well. Yeah. It's like being able to support yourself and like, you know, travel or, you know, sort of do what you want to do and have this lifestyle you want to have or 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 even buy a house you know yeah. like it's like sometimes when you see those passionate career choices like you don't often think that you can do that but i think mm-hmm. if you have enough love for it then you can you can make it happen you know there's always a
0: way mm. i think i think that's true as well it's like at the start no one ever does the thing that like you didn't start taking photos because you thought you were going to get rich. I no, didn't no, start riding bikes. Too. Like, no, I
1: and I don't think that if you do do that, then you're probably not going to go very yeah, well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not, it's not right. a good it's, mo- mentality. It, no,
0: no. You've got you've to enjoy it. And then once yeah. you enjoy something enough, you get good enough at it. That some Like someone, like especially now as well, like the time we live in, you can do so many different things. Like you're so open to oh. like anything. It's like such an, like you have so much knowledge you can gain. You have so many like pathways you can go down. But I thought it was cool that that guy gave you that push at the start because I always yeah. think of like, I'm like really big in this whole like mentor thing, yeah. and like how much someone can get out of someone if they actually, if you, if you like, obviously yeah. you had your eyes wide open and you had like the goal of making the posters and like doing mm. that, so you had an objective, you had a goal, yeah. and then you had someone push you towards that, mm. and like, oh, my life would have been totally different if he didn't like do that for me and like
1: you know make the call to be like, hey, like you know, it was like an old industry friend <laughs> who owned the photo school, it's a private institution, it's not like government funded, so I didn't have a hex debt I have like vet fee help or whatever to like study there so because like a private uni which meant it was a bit more expensive and stuff as well but um yeah just like for him to do that like i can't imagine like my life would have ended up totally different you know Mm. but um yeah it was cool i think he just saw the passion i think when i see that passion in other people and i know you do it too it's like when you see that passion in somebody else you're like, oh man, I want to help this person yeah. to get closer to what they want to achieve. Yeah. And I think so many people have the power to do that, and like so many people have taken the time out of their life, you know, not just day, their life to like give that to me. Like David Murphy with like, you know, shooting landscapes, and then mm. Kevin with like showing me how to kind of like, oh, you know, you can shoot commercially. And I was going to wineries and doing stuff, and I shot a wedding with him or whatever as well, and then uh, going to Melbourne and then having my other mentor and one of my best mates, Jesse Hisco, sort of like take me under his winning and basically teach me how to like properly run a business and shoot weddings. Mm. And, and and then that took me all over the world. So,
0: cause everyone wins in that situation. Hey, yeah. like that's the thing. Like I never, I don't get why people don't try and help other people because it like, it not only helps them, you feel good from doing it, but it reinforces the things in your mm. brain anyway. So like, Whenever I help, like, a young kid, man, it's like, yeah. I'm just reinforcing things I already need yeah. to know, and then it makes me question things, because yeah. it's like, you know, how often, like, a lot of times you don't look at yourself on how something can be done better, mm. but you, we always pick apart other people, but if you're actually mentoring something, and, you're, like, you're picking apart something on them, it's like, you've kind of got to keep yourself in check, and you're yeah. like, dude, the amount of times, like, I've told, like, a kid, hey, you should do this, and then think about it to myself, and be like, I should do that more, So yeah. and like, that could <laughs> totally. be with, like, stretching, or, like, eating yeah. good, or, like, all that, but, like, we... We critique other people, but then when you like, if you, it's good if you critique, even if it's only in your own head, but then you take note mm. from that and go, Oh shit, maybe I need to like, yeah, totally. yeah, I need, yeah. I need to sort that out as well. And I guess for the people that have helped you with your photography and all that, they're reinforcing how to shoot things. And I think when you see someone succeed and you can see a direct link from you helping them, like that's so rewarding. Yeah. Like that's like feel good you know, place that's, like, better than good kind of, yeah, it's, like, it hits his, (laughs) it's a nerve, and it's, like, I think
1: that's why I really enjoyed, like, teaching, because, like, prior to COVID, I was, like, going to the States, like, like, sort of a couple of times a year, and I started teaching at this creative camp called Field, yeah, Field Trip, but, like, the first year, I just, like, got to go over and, you know, uh, basically exchange a ticket for sort of, like, you know, uh, sorry, my flight and a ticket in exchange for sort of like shooting some stuff at the camp, and then the next year they're like, "Hey, you're pretty sweet. Like you should come and teach." I was like, "Me teach?" I felt like biggest imposter. Yeah. But like that whole uh, that whole thing, I think of of just that's where I started to realize how important like teaching and showing these people how to like transition from photography into video like was so powerful. And just watching someone learn something, and the the look that people get on the face when they like have that realization yeah. or something clicking, and you're like. Yeah. Oh, Shit, this is awesome, you know. Yeah, but yeah, the the reiteration of things that you know as well because I'd always find myself each year being like, "Dude, am I like, you know, why am I, why am I doing that? Why do I do that?" You know. Yeah,
0: you don't. Yeah, you don't actually question it. You just kind of do it. Yeah, and then when you actually break it down and have to rebuild it for someone, you're like, "Oh!" <laughs> and then once it makes sense, you're like, "Okay, this. Okay, I get it now." Yeah. But it's funny it's like you always need to teach someone that for it, you to teach yourself properly because yeah. you got to break it down that certain way. Totally, And like you said there, like when you actually like help someone with someone, you see like that oh shit moment and then you see him use that in like an actual like set. Like if, if they go shoot something and you see how like their work progresses as well, you're like, hey, <laughs> I help with that. I, I do that. Yeah. No, it's a good feeling, man. When it's you cool. were when you were shooting, your first thing, I feel like weddings are like one of the first things where photographers seem to like yeah. f- fall into just from like, I guess, looking at like you, uh, Jared, even Riley does a fair bit now. And yeah. they just kind of... Why do you reckon that's like the kind of oh. the, the beginning for – well, not beginning, but kind of
1: – Interesting question, I think, hey, because like I feel like maybe it's just like a really – I don't know. It's it's interesting one because I know a lot of people that, that – you know, I know a few people now looking back that didn't take that path as well. But like a lot of crew that I know that like run successful businesses or like, you know, I think – Two things. The reasons are probably because it's a pretty plentiful industry. Like people are getting married all the time, mm. and there's a lot of like range. You know, there's like a pretty low entry point because you know people, you know, and I definitely don't recommend this, but you can get a wedding photographer for five hundred to a thousand bucks, or you can pay eight thousand bucks for the day. Mm. Like there's this massive range in there, so the entry point's like kind of a bit achievable. And like you know, if you're paying a thousand bucks, you're probably going to get someone that hasn't done a lot of weddings, or yeah. you know, doesn't have that much experience, but and then on the photographer's side, it's like it's the best training of all time because mm. you've got one shot. Like, you know, you can't be like, oh, yep, sorry, missed the kiss. Let's run that back <laughs> yeah. again. Like, no one's going to do that for you. Do you
0: reckon there's been a photographer out there that's done that? Like, if that you missed Probably. it, Probably. just like,
1: guys, I hate to do Dude, it, but do you want the photo? <laughs> you know what? I can tell you, I've had a couple of times where I personally have um, – you know, it's, it's whether it was really quick or like something happened. You know, like like some freak sort of like the camera stopped or whatever. Um, and I've missed it once. Or t- I've only ever missed it once, I think. But I was really lucky. I like was pretty close with the couple, and I didn't get them to run it back. But I was like, they sort of caught eye contact with me, and I was like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they Just did and they were like to the because they was so fast and i was yeah. like and the camera i think was like loading photo, fo- like it was like writing to the memory yeah. card like definitely learned my lesson there got faster memory cards after this one yeah but yeah and then i was like and then they did and i was like bang yeah got it now listening and he's
0: pointing to his lips like he was getting them he's like lips yeah lips lips, lips, lips. at least you got it man <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> yeah. when you started shooting were you shooting because i know my brother used to do this he would shoot video and photo and I just feel like that would be like, you just don't stop. Because yeah, you're just dude, that's what I, that's what I did. So I like,
1: I transitioned into doing like only, so I sort of started shooting for wedding photos with my mate, Jesse. And then, um, like I was assisting him and I shot a bunch of weddings for free just to kind of get my foot in the door. And then I was shooting and assisting other people for free, just learning. I was like, mm. I don't want to be paid. I just want to like people who have this real, like, you know, oh, don't ever work, work for free. But there's so many, like, good things that can come you of it if you do it in it. the right way, yeah. you know. Because cool. I just was like, I don't care about getting paid. I just want to, like, come and learn from you. And then I would make myself kind of so invaluable that they'd be like, oh, damn, we have to pay you to yeah. have you back because you make my job easier. Yeah. Well, that's so funny because yeah.
0: exactly what you're saying. I keep telling Riley that I'm like, I, next time you shoot a wedding, can I come? Yeah. I don't even know if he's keen or not. If he's like, <laughs> but I was like, I honestly was like, yeah, don't pay me, man. I just want to come in and, like try and I yeah. feel like it's like as soon as you're paid there's like an expectation that was oh, totally where I'm like, I don't want any expectations. Yeah. I just want to shoot some photos and if they're good they're good if well, not it's like yeah. no skin off your nose. Like yeah. you go about what you would do anyway and I'm just floating around and I'm sure I'd get like something yeah. decent or something you could use but yeah just to learn like Well that's
1: the other thing right cuz like when you're not exchanging money for your time you are you know you have this creative certain sort of creative freedom where like you get It feels like you have the ability to be more creative in a way Because there's like no Mm. There's not that expectation there Of like you're going to capture it the normal way or whatever Mm. So I know heaps of photographers that like shot A bunch of like free weddings Like not for anyone else But just like hit up cool couples or whatever that they knew Or like put something out there online And found really cool weddings To go and shoot And then just shot them their own way To then sort of start their career You know Mm. which is an interesting way And I'm sure you can do that in so many different fields
0: but, but your yeah, certain style that you have about it. Yeah, yeah. they were
1: just like, I'm just going to go and be 100% creative and do what I want mm. by just like finding these people and being like, hey, I'm going to come to you. And they were all my mate. This is basically like my mate Jai Long, who runs like a he. He now runs an online course teaching people how to how to uh, you know sh- make six figures shooting shooting weddings. It's called Six Figure Business Map. Yeah. But like he. He, uh, he, that's how he started his career. He, like, ran around, like, flew to the States and was there for, like, three or four months and just, like, just saved sh- up a bunch of money, sold yeah. his car, did all this stuff just to go, spent, like, 20 grand staying there for, like... He spent, like, 20 grand to go and shoot weddings yeah. for, like, yeah. a couple of months or some, something learnt, crazy Yeah, but he like learned so much Yeah, and it. he also got a portfolio that looks exactly how he wanted it to look rather than them being, like, here's your shot list. Yeah. And then you're, like... You know. It's
0: crazy when money gets, like... Brought into the equation, how much like it can kill mm. your creative side, or put this extra pressure on the you that it needs to be something. Like when this podcast, when I started it, um, I didn't want any sponsors. I wanted nothing. I wanted like these are my ideas. These are the people I want to talk to. I want no outside mm. influence, or whatever. And then Bluegrass liked it, and then I kind of was like, oh, maybe do you want to sponsor it? And they did sponsor it, which was awesome. But I felt this pressure on me that I needed to put out episodes. I needed to do them a certain way. I needed to talk to certain people. And it just added all this pressure, man, where I'm mm. like, I just want to talk to the people I want to talk to about whatever. And I like, it's like, and I don't want any pressure from it. Like probably eventually if it gets bigger, I'm sure a sponsor would jump on it, but it's like, I yeah. guess you just got to pick how, but I just you, love it.
1: You, you're doing it the right way. I think because you can start it and go exactly the direction you want to go. Yeah, exactly. You know?
0: But I think it should stay like that. And I think brands now, like they love, like if they want to sponsor you because they like what like, what's there. And they don't want that to change. And I think it's just, you've got to get that mindset. It's just like, hey, I just, because all I want to do dude, is learn from people and mm. talk, and have cool stories and talk to people yeah. about new things. It's like very simple. And it's just like, it doesn't cost that. It's like, it doesn't cost really, like obviously to set it all up, but like to listen to it is free and yeah. like to put it, it's not that hard really. Yeah. It's like the simplest form I think of like content you can kind of put out in a way. Mm. It's just like, just listening to something. So yeah, totally. I think it's cool. But I think yeah, once money gets put on the mm. into the equation, it's like, yeah. Like you said, you've got this extra pressure, expectation level of like how you think it's got to be, mm. and I think that kind of like once you start putting dollar figures to then your creative side, it kills it because it's <laughs> like you should just make it as good as it should be, mm. and exactly how you want it to be, and then. If that works out, someone will give you money for it. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, like it's well, funny. With, oh, sorry, you go. Sorry.
1: Oh yeah, no, I was actually gonna flip it back and ask you, like, was that something you uh, felt with sort of like riding sponsors and stuff? Did you have that like expectation within riding as well?
0: A little bit, yeah. When I first joined and like when I first went professional and got paid, the first year I rode worst year of my like life. Riding was I didn't enjoy it. I felt extra pressure. I didn't like. I, it just <clears throat> felt like I like had to do it. Mm. and like before it was like i was chasing this thing chasing this thing chasing this thing yeah. i wanted to do i wanted to do it and then i got it and yeah the first year i went like professional in 2016 mm. i was like the worst writing year of my life hey yeah. like hated it hated it just the pressure and yeah, stuff. yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy it i like to be the underdog and yeah. this person coming up and all that and then once i kind of felt like i'd like made it or whatever you want yeah. to say it's just like yeah it added all this pressure which i just hated how'd you flip it back I think I just kind of got a bit more mature and tried to. I don't know. I kind of don't know how it all kind of flipped, but I definitely found the love for it again. I think mm. just took the pressure off and wanted yeah, yeah. to do it for me kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Well, we definitely have the same thing within like our business. So, like, uh, you know, we're probably going to need to go back into it. I think we're probably going to need to go back to the start and do an intro. Yeah. I was going to gonna say, we kind of skipped there. We just did? swung right into this. Do you want to um,
0: introduce yourself anyway? We're <laughs> with Andy Hardy for anyone. Then? <laughs> I add an intro <laughs> after we impose, but yes. We're here with Andy Hardy. Andy Hardy, how are we doing? (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. No, I guess because I was about to start...
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we forgot to even I forgot the to clap as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, um uh. but I guess I was just about to start talking about our business like Emble. So so for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> Emble Studios, like uh I'm I'm in business with uh two of my really good friends, Jared Jacinna, and we have an awesome team. Uh Elle and Ryan also work with us and and um we yeah, we create commercial films for sort of, you know, brands that wanna connect with the audience. And so we do a mixture of, like, action sports stuff, some commercial stuff, but I was about to say my sort of idea of that is, like, in our world of, like, creating films for people, like, obviously people are paying us money to create something for them. And it's kind of like, you know, you're in this weird predicament of, like, well, you're in this artistic field where you want to create something that's, you know, you're really proud of. Like, every time I create anything, whether it's a photo or a film, I'm putting Mm. a little piece of myself in there. And So you're putting this, like, bit of your soul, you're like you like love and energy and passion for the project. You put it into the thing,
0: mm.
1: but then you're in this weird spot. And this is why a lot of people are like, no, 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 I'd rather just keep it as a hobby because you know, I don't want it to ruin my passion for it. Cause mm. that can definitely happen. But like, I think for us, it's about, you know, finding that happy middle ground where you're creating something for a client that they're going to be really happy with. It's going to be effective. It's going to like do the job of of like, you know, whether it's selling a product or connecting an idea to an audience or whatever it might be. But I think just, you know, remaining in creative control can be quite hard. And I think that comes down to sort of like the biggest thing that we do to try and you know retain a bit of that creative control is like only ever showing work that we really love that we do like so if it's a if it's a job that we're like oh i don't know if we'd want to do that again Mm. then we won't sort of put it in the portfolio or whatever which sounds a bit harsh but like you know it's kind of like you know your portfolio is that what all the work that you know people get to view and you're like this is what i love to do this is what i want to do
0: and you've got to keep love for it even when it becomes like when a passion becomes a job or Mm. else it just you'll burn out and not want to do it yeah exactly and we come i've definitely come so
1: i've definitely had burnouts before where i've been working so hard and stuff like that but yeah i think just like you know showing people what you want to do like making sure that your portfolio portfolio is a real reflection of exactly what it is that you want to do then you'll get those jobs that like will come back and be like oh we want a video like that and it's because you've put it out there, you know. Mm. And then you get to retain a bit of that, you know, creativity and and make something that you really want to make because that's why they booked you,
0: you mm. know. Do you find like you be on set and there'll be obviously the client there and you'll film it how you want to and then they'll come and you'll be like, this is perfect. And then they'll be like, no. And they'll like try and steer the ship a completely different sure. direction.
1: All the time.
0: All does, the time. Does that – how much do you clash there because it's like – it's their, their money; they're paying for it, and then it's mm. your art. Yeah, and it's just totally. like you're trying to make us change our yeah. art. I get, yes, it's your job, but I'm like, yeah. you obviously, it's, yeah, there's got to be Dude. a lot of give and take. With. Oh
1: man, this has been a huge thing for us over the last um, over the last little while, and you know, it's it's definitely something that we're learning more to sort of like on on how to handle it because like it's now we're sort of starting to do bigger productions, bigger sets, more people, like you know, bigger brands like, more money, more responsibility, all of the stuff, more expenses as well, which is the crazy part. But, like, you know, it's this real combination of balancing all of that and trying to keep this person happy. But then you're also – you're trying to create something that you love. You're trying to keep this person happy. But then you're also trying to create something in the middle that, like, does the job and really executes the idea well. So I think it all comes down to, like, you know – there's a whole bunch of pre-planning that we do now that is, like, insane amount of pre-planning that we do. Like, Jacinta, our producer, has, like, you know, it h- been a huge help. And, and also Jared as well, like, in terms of, like, how I was sort of running things before to then, like, you know, now we have this big team of people that help us. Like, none of us could do it by ourselves. How, so how like, does
0: that start off, like, compared to how it does now, like, how it works now? How does how does a job start off? Just say, like, like from the get-go, from just, say, you're sitting in your office. Yeah. And, like, a client approaches you or... Oh,
1: well, now it's kind of like, you know, there's a whole process. It's sort of like we'll be approached for a, from a client. It depends whether they have a concept or idea or, or whatever already and, like, how they want their their product or, like, what the concept of the film is going to be. But, like, you know, it'll sort of start out and then before even sort of, like, you know, quoting them or anything like that, it's like we need to go through the process of, like, what's the actual idea, how bigger scale is this going to be and then we sort of get to once we find out a bit more and do a few meetings and sort of chat with the client about what it is that they're actually trying to achieve then we go and create a treatment which is like a multi-page document that kind of outlines the idea what does it look like how does it visually look how does it like how does it sound how does it feel uh you know what's sort of like an idea of like is it going to be one film, multiple films? What the script look like? This kind of like document. That's that, like the... That can be anywhere that's from That's the like, golden ticket, yeah.
0: hey. Like if you can produce that, like yeah. that's creating the feeling and like mm. that's almost like the trailer to the movie. Yeah. And it's like, do you want to buy the movie? It's like if the trailer is really good, yeah. you're going to like... That's w- kind we'll watch of it, it? Yeah. right?
1: Because like, you know, back in the day it would be like, you know, when I was a bit more, I guess a lot of the time... Preamble. I was shooting a lot more like sort of run and gun documentary stuff, so it was like a little bit less about pre planning of like to the degree that we're doing now. We're we'll doing sort of much more commercial films, sort of TVC style stuff, and it's much more like sort of not not scripted, but it's much more like organized and planned on like what we actually need to achieve. But yeah, that treatment is like a really key document to like, you know, the success of what the project's going to look like. And then from there, you know, the client will be like, okay, cool, that's that's it, sweet, lock it in. They'll like, you know, pay a deposit. And then we start working on the actual planning, which is like, you know, we use a, a, a program called Milanote where, you know, it's like a giant whiteboard, digital whiteboard where you can drop in links and and like pictures and videos and you know, sound and, and write and everything. And you can create these huge, crazy mind maps. And then we sort of go into that and then break down the story by days and stuff like that as well. So it, it's become a, you know, it's, it's cool in a way because we're achieving stuff that you never would have, we never would have been able to achieve before without that level of planning and execution. But like, yeah, it's definitely a time consuming process. Yeah, I can imagine. Stuff.
0: But do you guys and that's all together? That's you, Jared and Sin all together. Yeah, you know, come together and throw all the ideas in, and then yeah,
1: sometimes even other other people as well. So like, oh, we're doing a big campaign for Tourism Northeast at the moment, and we've got our friend sort of. Uh, we've got our friend Jack Hawkins. Ooh, boshing you thing. Um, we've got our friend Jack Hawkins working on it with us, and he. He's a creative director. He does like a lot of CD work for like liquor brands and stuff. And so he's worked on like the strategy behind it all with us. Mm. And so that was another step in the process where like, you know, we weren't normally say if we work through like, it's like client, agency, and then us sometimes. And sometimes it's just client and us if they have like a really good idea about how they want to execute it. But with Tourism Northeast, we kind of were acting as the agency. So it's like, you know, we had our friend Jack come in and help help a lot with that stuff, and and he does that strategy s- stuff all the time. And even though I've done it before, it was like really cool having having him in there with like a fresh perspective, and and that added a whole other part to the process. You
0: know, so yeah, and you said eyes to kind of take in a certain direction. Yeah, well, it was it,
1: just his kind of like planning and process behind around. Like target markets and sort of figuring out like who are the people that we're trying to reach here with this and how are we are going to do it? Like what are, the, what are the keywords that these people associate with? Like what are all the things? Yeah, so much break, research. Break down. Yeah, Dude, so, much. so much research. It's crazy, yeah.
0: Yeah, the analytics of it all. Yeah, that's literally. One, that's one thing that even like I need to look at it more but even with like the whole YouTube thing and like mm. you can break down analytics like age, mm. time of viewing, all that stuff. And like, I know if you really just wrap your head around that, like you can grow it way quicker. I just haven't done it yet. and yeah. I It's like one of those things. It's like, you know what it will take, <laughs> but you also know the effort and you're like, is X work worth Y kind of thing? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's funny. Even with like the camera stuff, I'm like, I want to get better at it. But like, you just do like a bit of an equation. Like I, I know I can get better, but it's going to take this amount of time and this is how much better I'll get. And I'm like, i am just kind of be on the fence at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll just be kind of all right at yeah. that. yeah. Because you don't have enough time in the day. But yeah, if you can outsource it to other agencies or get people in to do that kind of stuff, like everyone just keeps moving forward way quicker. Yeah. How many people are normally like on set with you? Because you fi- what was the thing you filmed in Melbourne recently? Uh, which one? We sort of go to Melbourne a bit for different what projects. Was the athletic one. Oh yeah, so
1: we, we've been doing this major... I mean, that was, that range, depending on what day, I mean, the biggest sets that we've done were probably for, like, we shoot a bunch of stuff for Hard Yakka and King G here in Australia, so, like, uh, those sets have probably been bigger, where we've got, like, hair and makeup truck, group truck, like, you know, it's probably, like, 14 people on set or something like that, uh, maybe more on the last one, um, but pretty- that's a small set compared to some people do, like, they, like...
0: It gets big. Dude, when know? I did the um, Mazda ad, and I think I did another, yeah, Mazda at um, Mystic, I think a hundred people, like total. Like, Yeah, then it it's intense. Like, because you've got, like, as soon as you get to a certain amount of people, then mm-hmm. they need to get a certain like, amount of food, then they have, they have like, safety. Oh, I know. There was a guy there that was, like, I remember I, like, hopped off my bike and I walked to the edge, and this guy comes up to me, and he's like, oh, mate, you're going to have to step back from there. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's just like, you've got to step back from the edge. And this is, like, like, I was about to ride down this thing, and I was like... What do you mean? And he was just there, like, he was, like, the safety coordinator. So, he was just, like, trying to make me be safer, but, like, I'm literally looking at the thing I'm about to ride down. you like, he was, I'm like,
1: probably going to need to go and look. Yeah, but there. he was just, like, didn't
0: want me to, like, hurt myself. <laughs> and I was, like, I felt like he was a bit of overkill. Probably there's some safety stuff, but, yeah. like, we had, like, actors, and then we had, like, the actual, like, stunt driver, and then we had, like, it was funny because my mate, Chris Pinozzo came and did it with me, but... They didn't want either... Like, they just thought we were just the writers, so they didn't want any, either of us to act, even though the actor only had, like, four lines in the whole thing. Like, yeah. So they could have just asked me or Chris to say it. But anyway, so they, for, the like, the four or five lines that got said, they had Chris had a double. So the actor would come in and say the lines, and, like, they're wearing the exact same gear. And he said literally, like, meet you at the bottom. That was, like, it. That was his only, like, line. So he says, like, meet you at the bottom, and then puts on his helmet, and then Chris just comes in and jumps on his bike. And this guy just literally hung out all day like he was obviously the the actor yeah but he said like three lines and that was it and then he just cruised around and i was like because i think they said it cost like 110 or one hundred twenty thousand dollars for that ad yeah i mean
1: that and that's like in the grand scheme of things like i mean budgets that we work with vary all over the place all the time you know but like you know in terms of like big tv commercial world Mm -hmm. it's like that's you know they vary all over the place but then when you think about that and there's like a hundred people on set i don't know if like, was a hundred i was thinking, no, back, it, I'm, thinking yeah. I'm thinking
0: back but, now i was no, like but, maybe six like a lot like heaps, a lot yeah, though yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and
1: then you see the the like final piece and you're like whoa that looks amazing but then it takes it you know it takes a team of people to achieve that mm. and then it's like you know that kind of budget really, you know, gets spread out amongst all this stuff. Not only that, but, like, paying all the people to be there, but to help and, like, do all their special thing, their niche mm. thing that they might do. But also, like, hiring the gear and the locations and all this stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely the last few years have been, you know, moving into this world as, like, you know, definitely learn a lot mm. and 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 opens up the eyes to to realising, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of pieces of the puzzle, mm. I guess.
0: What is your favorite thing to film? Well, if you I'll, could pick anything.
1: Dude, def, I mean, like we need to actually make more time to be shooting more bikes and stuff here locally. Like that's what we really want to do. Uh, I know a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right? We're going to do that. We're gonna do that. I, reckon, I know a couple of kids, I think. I will help shoot it as well. hundred yeah. yeah, percent.
0: I, I thought it was so cool. When I made like that, the vlog of like Zach getting his bike, and I went to Big Kev's to ride and I was just I had this kind of little moment where I was like, I'm filming this kid that's now on my team riding all the gear that my sponsors have provided on a track that I built. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. And then so like made cool. a video out of it. I was like yeah. it's like it just was like all the pieces. Like I created this moment completely. Mm, like yeah. I created like all these things here, and I just had this little moment where I was like, "This is rad! This is really cool!" With the help of the sponsors, shout out, guys! <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm so I'm so pumped. People, but, good, like got but, behind. Yeah, today. but it's cool
1: to have have people come behind and and support that. And I mean, like, yeah, it's it's rad. Like, I mean, even even us getting to shoot there, dude. Like when we got to shoot the the little fist thing and run our cable cam there and stuff, it's a cool spot, you yeah. know.
0: And that's that was epic as well. That was yeah, that was like. You know when like you see how something's done it definitely gives you something to aim for I'm like, oh, 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 oh this this is good. And it's I find it so funny. But then you
1: see us up in the tree with the cable camera, you're like, oh, this doesn't look that fun anymore. Oh dude. I
0: think it like I I think it was good like when I did the little vlog showing that and it's like how good it looks, but like it still can be a struggle to get there.
1: <laughs> I love the the flash sequence you ended up doing at the start of us it like hitting yeah, the it's tree. Like, is it's it working and it's alive. just oh. we've lost focus. <laughs>
0: But Classic. I think that's so good to show, man, because it's like even with my writing, oh, I yeah. struggle all the time. And people just see you winning or doing mm. well or on the podium, and they're like, I "Oh, know. you've got it's, it so easy." I'm oh, like, "No, nah, dude. dude, it's a struggle." It's the same
1: as when people look at your Instagram, right? Like that was <laughs> that was the that's the side for sort of me on photography film side. So mm. Like people look at your it's your, not real, your feed, yeah, <laughs> your feed, your Instagram feed. And you look at other people's Instagram feeds, and you're like. You're like, whoa, like they're living the absolute dream, mm. but they're not seeing the like 50 hours or whatever we do yeah. at the computer every week trying to like organize and plan these like epic shoots. You yeah. Know? Like it's, and sometimes it is the dream. Sometimes, it, it, I mean, honestly, it's, it is pretty, pretty dreamy. Like I love what we do and I love, you know, being
0: able to create. That's what um, I mean. Like that, that, that cable camera. It was that yeah. good in the yeah, end. But you had good. to go through the but shit yeah, to get you have there. Have to go through the shit, so yeah. it's
1: like the same thing, like every day. But like I think, just comparing it to the whole like highlight reel of your life on Instagram, like people see that and they go, oh, they're just like out there living the dream every day, taking photos, having fun. But then yeah. it's like all this back end work that goes into it. And I used you know, to try just don't be fooled by, by looking yeah. at the highlight reel of people's lives.
0: I know? used to defend it when people would be like, kind of come at you like, oh, you live in the dream and all this, and be like, no, I work hard and all this stuff. I just say like, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I am. It's because like, we
1: honestly are though in a way, in 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 our own ways you yeah but like, you work hard yeah, to you work make hard it. to do it but <laughs> that's the it whole effort. point i think it wouldn't be as rewarding if you didn't have the hard work part component no
0: well i don't think you'd want to do it anymore either it wouldn't work for one or it would work and you wouldn't get any enjoyment out of it because mm. it wasn't hard it's like yeah imagine, <laughs> like i always tell people like imagine if you got everything you ever wanted yeah. tomorrow how disappointed you'd be mm. And no. it's just like you'd be like excited for a little bit, and be like, "Well, I didn't work towards any of this." This is mm. why you see like people win the lottery; they blow it all, and they yeah. end up having no money in a couple of years because they don't understand mm. like they haven't gone through the pain of creating that. So then it's just like when it, it just it, what is it like easy come, easy go kind yeah, of mentality? Totally,
1: yeah, definitely. I think that's um, I think that's that's kind of the thing as well. Like looking at um you know, where we're at now, like as in Emble and then where like the work that I've sort of done over the last 10 years to like now be, you know, achieving these films that like look amazing, like look amazing. I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. Like I'm loving what we're putting out. But then there's also that thing of you like, oh damn, now I'm like seeing this other thing and you like want to progress and do the next thing, you know, but if you're always got that thing that you want to, you know, take that next step and achieve, it gives you the the drive to keep going and, and uh, you know, that's the, that's the reward, the grind and reward, mm. you know,
0: what's like the new goal? Like for the either no. like, what's the new goal for you? And then like, what's the new goal for Emble?
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one. I think the, well, I mean right now we're trying to like, right now I haven't had much time to think about new goals. Uh, new goals. You guys for, have been flat out lately. We yeah. Have. yeah it's kind of like the, the post COVID rush. I remember like, Pre, Like at the start of COVID, I had a few friends that like, uh, you know, some some sort of crew in agency land that are in the industry and stuff that like, you know, they, they had experience and they'd gone through, say they'd been in the industry for a while and they'd gone through say like the GFC, like Global Financial Crisis like 2007 or whatever it was. And they're like, dude, like if you survive, you'll thrive. Mm. And I was like, oh man, I'm really struggling to see that right now because mm. literally at the start of COVID, all of my work was just... Like yeah. like a rug underneath your feet. Like literally went from being like, like pretty busy to then having mm. absolutely nothing. And then, you know, the start photography film industries weren't even on like, you know, JobKeeper properly and all this stuff. All these creative industries weren't getting the right amount of JobKeeper. Yeah. And it was like, man, what are we going to do? Like I'm burning through cash. I moved home to my parents' farm for like two months. Mm. Like, and it felt hectic. But then now coming back, it was like, it kind of weeded out a lot of people, I guess that were not super seriously into photography film or like in the industry, you know, in that kind of creating industry in that, in that sense. Mm. And so I guess now there's a lot of people that have left the industry and bailed. And then, you know, the people who stayed have ended up getting a lot more work. Mm. And so I guess that's one thing that happened to us, but we also worked really hard, you know, like we punched out, you know, some, some really rad films and, and, you know, really took seriously even even like the first couple of clients that we got as Emble, you know, we put like triple, the, quadruple the amount of effort like yeah. for what we were getting paid. We were like, man, this is kind of a joke, but like, yeah. we just made it the absolute best it could be. Yeah. And then people, some other brands, watched it and they're like, dude, this looks like a crazy production, but it was just us three out there. You know.
0: But I think that's good because I remember I think, I think it was I don't know if it was Riley or Sam. They were talking about a job they were doing and like they're like, Oh, I'm not getting paid that much, so like I don't know how good I'm gonna make it. I'm like, dude, make it the best you can make it. Like that's the thing when money gets involved and it's just like just do your best work and then like yeah, you might have undercharged. But if you give them your best work and then you come back to them next time and say, Hey, I want to do it again, but This is what I want. You've given them... You never know. Yeah, Yeah, You never know what's
1: good. You never know who's going to see it. You never know where it's going to end up. You never know like all that stuff. It's always like whenever you walk... Whenever I walk into a room somewhere with somebody or like, you know, just treating people with that same level of respect like no matter who they are Mm. because you don't really know who you're talking to. This person could be your future employer. They could be your future boss. They could be the the person who's going to book you for your next big project. They Mm. could be your next sponsor. It could be Mm. anyone, you know? And so like that kind of like... You just know, treating just everyone the same, treating everyone the same, but also putting the same amount of effort and energy into like almost everything that mm. you do, kind of thing. Yeah,
0: how you do anything, how you do everything. Yeah, I I remember like I've seen, I really don't like this, but I've seen kids be like dicks to other people, and mm. then they'll be really nice to me. And I'll fully like I'll, I've been at races before where I've seen like kids being like little shit, mm. and then they'll kind of suck up to me and be like. And I was like, dude, don't, don't no. do, don't do yeah. that. It's just like, and actually, at my twenty. 24th i think this guy was being a real dick to my mum, and like i came up to him like what's going on and she, he was just he was just like stirring her up and just being shit and i was like who are you and i didn't even know who he was i didn't know how he got there i forgot who he was but he was kind of being a smart ass to me mm. and then he didn't realize it was he didn't know who i was but he was at my party and then he was just like I, don't know, I, I said like what are you doing here and he said he was with someone that i knew but i was like okay sweet and then he's just like Who are you? And I was like, I'm Dean, this is my party. And then his mate knew who I was. And his mate's literally just like sinking into the ground. Hey, just like watching his mate be a dick. And then straight after, he's like, Oh, sorry, man. Like so good to be. And I was like, I just remember like grabbing him. I'm like, look, dude, like I don't care, but you can't be a shit person like that. And then, like at least once you know who I am, still be shit. Like, <laughs> can't, you, you, like you can't double, you can't back down. Like, it's like, you, oh man, you have to double down at that point because at least then you're consistent. <laughs> yeah, but, at least you consistent. Yeah, yeah, but he then he flipped around. I was like, look, dude, you can't mm. do it. And he was like, pre- like he was apologetic after that. But it was just yeah. so funny to see. Like, as soon as like that's how you're gonna treat mm. someone until you realize like it's their party or it's mm. like. But that's what I mean. It's Like that shouldn't matter. You just mm. don't be that person to someone. Yeah, it doesn't totally. it doesn't end well when people see it especially i guess like growing up in a small town like if you're a shit person oh, man yeah. like if, everyone's gonna know everyone knows i guess people in the city can kind of probably yeah, get yeah. away from it a little bit more yeah. but like small town if you yeah if you're not a good person it's definitely yeah you know like you know about yeah. it but yeah we
1: um we we moved away from it a little bit, but um I was thinking about <laughs> we can go straight back into it. I mean <laughs> we, we can slither sl- back into another it. another little tangent. Yeah, <laughs> but this I was just thinking I was just thinking <laughs> it just popped back in my head about um the go- what goals do I have.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Go.
1: No, oh, don't be sorry. I've uh, given you some time. I love, th- I love the um, give, yeah. You give, give, give me time to give think. Give me time to think. Yeah, thinking. yeah. It was good, smooth. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. this for a living, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think Emble's uh, like I think an Emble goal. I think I can speak on behalf of all of us. Like we definitely want to just like keep on creating uh, really cool films and just keep leveling up. And we've got some some cool projects coming up a um, couple of really cool TVCs that should be, uh, you know, on Australian television, hopefully overseas as well, which would be really rad. So that'll be sort of one of our first kind of global TVCs, which would be rad. So that's going to be... When's that happen? Well... Can't speak too much about it yet. <laughs> top secret, top, top secret. secret. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we want to do a few more TVC things, but also... What's we, TV, TVC? Just TV commercial, just okay, you know, okay. more like uh, on air, not just like streamed, you know, because a lot of our stuff goes on YouTube pre-roll and stuff like that. Um, uh, like that Plantiga like- job that you're talking about, like that's like a Canadian running brand, you know, and that's like running on YouTube pre-roll sort of advertising. They make like an inner soul that measures all of your all of your activities and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that'll that be, like, YouTube pre-roll, a lot of things that we do. Like, so the stuff for specialised or like, mini documentaries that we do that then, you know, have these, like, 30-second pre-rolls that, like, might be on YouTube. But, you know, we want to do some more TV stuff, which would be fun. Do
0: you think it's almost like TV's kind of going out, though? Like, isn't yeah, it now, like, the YouTube's growing
1: past definitely. TV? Well, I mean, that's, that's case in point is, like, you know, we are getting sort of, like... You know, there's not that like stigma or like you know hype of like, oh, it's going on TV because it's essentially, like essentially you're, like you're in the newspaper. It's like yeah, yeah, but essentially it's like you know we get the same budgets whether it's like an online like people like oh you know. This is that whole thing of, like, filmmaker versus content creator, right? And yeah, it's like, yeah, I get you that. know, But then it's like, oh, you make you make content for online. It's like, well, no, we actually make, like, advertising for, like, you know, YouTube pre-roll is, like, pretty much like the TV now. And so, like, yeah. the, you know, we get sort of the same sort of, like, budget and level of respect of, like, what we're creating and put in the same amount of effort as if it was, like, a TV ad. Mm. But, like, you know... I mean, doing a Super Bowl, that'd be pretty cool one day, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That'd be pretty cool, and that's kind of like TVC, like, I guess, but... Yeah, I think um, yeah, I do get I, what you mean. I do get yeah. there is
0: like there is a disconnection there, and I know like obviously it's kind of like when you go in, I guess magazine, like when it's in print, it's like mm. it's like if you got a cover of a yeah. magazine, like still cool, it's still yeah, still like cool. it's like uh, yeah, it's just different. I don't yeah. know what would you say? It's like a bit more, feels a bit more real. Yeah, in a way. I mean
1: having something tangible is always really rad. But mm. yeah, I think um, for goals, it's like we want to shoot some more bike stuff. We've been shooting some rad stuff with Specialized. We shot some cool stuff with you. We're going to continue to shoot some cool stuff. We want to. Do more. We want to do more bike stuff, and and I think that's definitely to create some personal projects around Bright, you know, which would be rad because like we're out here and like you know we want to take advantage of it a bit more. We just have been getting through a crazy busy period of like, you know, this post COVID rush and like you know so, sort of producing a big tourism campaign and then combining that with some some big launch films for that Canadian company Plantiga, and we also just are about to launch uh, Ripper rides, sort of global brand film which will be like um for them to launch new zealand and america at the same time so that's been pretty cool but getting through that we want to do more personal work is definitely an emble goal um personally i just want to like you know explore more out here and shoot some more you know personal andy projects as well out around here and yeah i don't know like i think just
0: because have you felt it's like pretty like Bright's a pretty small town, really. And, like, yeah. have you, did you find any? Because you obviously, you were living in Melbourne before you moved here. Yeah. Did you find like work dropped off a bit or it was harder to kind of like. Dude,
1: not at all. Hey, it's like we have never been busier. Like, I've never been busier in my whole life. Like, it, well, did, you, did you think here.
0: there was a risk, though, when you first came? Because how, how long have you been in Bright for now? Oh,
1: uh, nearly a year, I guess. I don't know, like eight, uh, eight or nine months or something like yeah. that. It must be close because I got here. Yeah, I'd say probably like eight or so months or something like that because I got here at the end of winter, yeah, last year, and I got a few days snowboarding in, yeah, and that was, and that was pretty
0: much it. But but there wasn't any like nerves about hey, I'm a oh, creative, I'm a cr- creative person. Um, what's your, 100%, what's your what's your what's your title? What's your what's my title? Yeah, I
1: mean, like I
0: sort of creative director, so, creative. yeah,
1: kind of creative director. Like I direct, I shoot. Uh, like I've done all like you know prior to Emble it was like shoot, edit, direct. You know, do everything, produce, whatever. Whereas now, like Jacinta is our producer at Emble. Um, Jared and I both direct and DP. DP is like director of photography. That's basically like the filmer. It's yeah. so, like we both bounce backwards and forwards and doing that. Um, do you guys
0: clash often? Or are you pretty, pretty, pretty? Uh, good? We're pretty
1: on the same team. Like, I mean, every now and then we will, like, but like it's like a healthy amount. It's like, oh, no, I think it could be better here. And yeah. then you're always one upping each other, you <laughs> yeah. know, and kind of being like, but oh, like we friendly try competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, that's kind of the, you know, that's our clashing. We're pretty on the same page, like, most of the time. Like, Jared really likes to plan stuff, I think, and whereas I'm a bit more, like, fly by the seat of my pants. Shoot, I'm shoot, like, something cool will happen. Let's just let it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I think we make a really good team because we have pretty different styles in terms of, like, he's he loves being organised, and I'm a pretty notoriously unorganised, probably, but, like, I just let the creative juices
0: fly a little bit I think that's good though because I hate when it's you plan something and then you you're so invested in the plan that something will come up and you're like mm. I can't deviate from the plan yeah. but I'm like but that's that's good yeah and that's not good.
1: That, and not that Jared doesn't do that but I think we're, we're a good combo like yeah that because he, he really loves planning I think and and got and has gotten me more into it but um yeah I definitely I think yeah I, I guess I just really aspire like some of my favorite directors like like Terence Malick he like You know, scripts 50% of his film and then the other 50% he leaves up to improv. So, like, the actors actually... He's like, here's your key points you have to get to. And then they improv their way there. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that's really cool. I really like that style. And also, like, the kind of idea of, like, when you're creating something, especially with, like, a team of people, that, like, you know, everybody has this creative input into Mm -hmm. the project. And I think, like, you know, uh, even allowing, like, actors or, like, you know, different people to sort of, like... And, and, you know, there's got to be a... There's got to be some sort of limit to it because you can't just have like everybody, you know. Yeah, you're just completely off it. Yeah, but Ma- I Marge he- who's making coffees probably shouldn't be like <laughs> telling... I think you should do this. <laughs> Maybe point the camera over there. It's like, that's cool. But sometimes actually that, even though that's like, you know, no offense, Marge, but like sometimes Marge has sick ideas. So I think it's about being open. <laughs> Still be open to, but it's yeah. about being open to like yeah. all these different inputs. And I think when everyone comes together and everyone can have a little piece of the piece of like you know inputting mm. like into the project, it's it can be a really cool thing, and it and it gives everyone some sort of onus over it as well. It like it makes them more invested mm. in doing it. And I think that having that big big collaborative thing, so like. You know, in a way, even though, like, you know, on our website it's, like, creative director, I'm, like, this mediator. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) it's, like, you know, you're taking into account all these different ideas and processes and then, like, also taking into account, like, the experience and and what I love and what I've been doing for the last, like, almost 10 years, just being, like, okay, this is how I know it will work and how I know we can execute it. Mm. But then, yeah, really taking on board other people's ideas and bringing them in.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. I guess it, yeah, it would be hard, especially when, like we all have a different perspective and different view on how mm. something should look. So it's like that yeah. weird thing to mould that around. And then like you said, you've got the clients as well that then come in and go, yeah. no, we don't want it that way. Or, yeah, well, that's, that's the tough
1: thing, dude. Arts are subjective. Like oh, film film and photography, it's all subjective, right? It's like, you know, you know, somebody, I might really like this green painting on your wall and somebody else might be like, I'm not a fan of green. Yeah. But like... Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I think um, the, the balancing act of like figuring out, like to go back to sort of what we we're talking about before with, you know, how do you balance between what you want to do and what the client wants to do? And it's like, you know, there's a certain level of like structure and kind of like within the pre-planning as well and the research and stuff. It's like, you know, my friend Rob said this to me the other day. He's like, well, dude, if you're, if you're creating a brand for like your new restaurant and, you know, you really don't like purple but all of your ideal clients they love purple. Does mm. it really matter if you like purple or not? No. Yeah. It depends what you want to do, right? Are you trying to create a brand that you really personally love or are yeah. you trying to create something that's going to hit your target market and really, yeah. you know, be successful because of that? Yeah. I think you've so, got to
0: put the ego aside. Hey. Yeah, oh dude, definitely. Cuz I can yeah, cuz I know even when I've been like editing something or doing something I'll show someone and they'll be like oh I should change this and they'll be like no and like you're very like stuck in your ways, yeah. and then you do change it and you're like okay it's kind yes. of like, it's, yeah it's kind I know good, dude yeah that happens all the time like we'll always uh especially
1: like Jared and I'll be like editing a project or like Jared like we bounce like sometimes you know we take on different edits and we have Ryan our, our editor he's like editor extraordinary he's friggin' awesome he's so good and basically you know but Jared and I'll take on projects sometimes too and um Ryan's just moving here So he might be Subject to this Soon as well But you know Jared or I Will be hyped on something And we'll be like Damn this looks awesome we like Hell yeah And we'll like You know Film minds will be like Oh that transition looks rad And we'll show Just, just We'll just show Jacinta And be like What do you think And she would be like That transition's weird And it sucks And we are like Damn it Is that and like, like, is that like no, Two what? against one Yeah but what? then No but then yeah. you're like But then you're like No this is awesome And you like Watch it a few more times Fuck she's right yeah <laughs> damn it not again but she's always a good measure of like um we'll get a bit weird and creative sometimes and have these like you'll have this kind of like hopeful be like oh yes it, this will be a great thing to like leave in there or do and then it's good to have that person that can reality check you and be yeah. like oh no maybe you maybe you should like re-look at that you know
0: well i guess that's when brands do that but with like they have what, what would you call it when there's like brands will take something to like a it's like almost just like a class of people and say oh. do you like do you like this or do like yeah. how does this make you feel i know well, it's, like, it's like surveying yeah because like, i think brands yeah. do that to yeah. like we've, really hit their target we definitely audience.
1: run through some processes like that with um you know we've run through all different sorts of processes like that i think you know like working with hard Yakman and king g they're, they're owned by um a west Farmers, so they have like a massive board of directors that like you know <laughs> tell, tell you how they want it tell too. you how they want it they'll tell you how they want it which yeah. is cool you know, I mean, there's definitely got to be a run of like oh, some sort of hierarchy of like the people who are like in ownership of the brand or directors of the brand or whatever. But it's a dangerous thing as well. You got to really toe the line because sometimes you can show people and they'll be like, "Man, I think you should change this thing." Like, damn it, I really like that, but oh, you're probably right. I, that could be better, or I mm. could fix that. But then other times we've had clients be like, you know, oh, so I showed my, I showed, I showed my, uh, I showed my mom. Um, the video and she thought it was a little bit dark and I'm like dude isn't your mum like 70 years old and like probably not wearing her glasses <laughs> really like, no but I mean yeah people, yeah but like people, the, but that's the example is yeah, like people yeah. get people get the feedback from like a family member that might not be understanding of their brand or someone who might be a bit out of touch with like, what is kind of current or like Mm. whatever, you know, like, and so with this comment of like, Oh, the color grade's probably a bit dark. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, who are you showing it to kind of thing? Or like, or don't you think the ideas about it bit out there? And you're like, yeah, like, You know, gramps might think that, but like you're trying to reach young, edgy, like 25 year olds or whatever. Yeah. So like understanding like where you're getting that feedback from, you know, whether you're trying to start a brand and you're showing your friends, you know, are they in the same industry Mm. as you? Are they, are they
0: your ideal client? Like... You'd really just hope you're talking to a marketing team that did have people that were, like, mm. understand, okay, we're focused on this. Even sometimes Dem- those
1: people are wrong, though. You see it all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. I always think it's like, why like why are you good at knowing what this is, Like kind of thing. It's like some people have this idea they know best, yeah. but it's just like you... You might not, or that, you might not. Either, either way, but yeah, yeah, a, we might be wrong as well. Yeah, you know, but like, like yeah. but, but, but who's you, the judge of that? Who's like, the judge? Yeah, I guess
1: that's the thing. If that's you put, that's if the it, proof is in the pudding when you when it goes out there and you see like, does it reach the goal? You know, do the how many people end up watching it or mm. whatever? Like, does it get where it wants to go? And so, like, we we've had like, for us, you know, our measure of success is like seeing the sort of effect that we've made on different brands over time. And so I feel like we're a pretty good judge of being able to switch, uh, you know, between these sort of like different micro industries or whatever and being like, Oh, that worked really cool. Like that pro this project ongoing project with specialised is actually having great results or like, you know, this film, like we do a series of videos for this, like very corporate company Vocus, through an agency in Sydney, Um, our friends Mark and badge. And so we work with these guys on all these very corporate films and like, they're getting like unreal play counts and it's like totally, these guys are uh, Telco. It's like Telstra, it's like a competitor mm. of Telstra. They own the network that's like Dodo and yeah, yeah. and all those smaller ones rent from. So anyway, we do some work for them and it's like, you know, we're watching this very corporate sort of films that we're creating, uh, getting unreal plays and and then, you know, just knowing that we can kind of switch in between that and then something that's a bit more like, Fun and
0: playful, like shooting bikes, or or like yeah, you can uh, jump between and yeah, you understand and then there's a place for both. Yeah, and you
1: understand like what you need to do between these different things, or like what is it that somebody's going to be watching that, or like another example is like a film that we did for Fever Tree, where like you know th- that's like the soda company, you know, like they make you know really nice like soda, soda waters and tonics and stuff. You can buy them from like BWS or whatever, but like we did this film for them and they had like a 90 something percent playthrough rate, which was like unheard of. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that's really cool. And it was kind of like looking at what we did in that film and then going, Oh, okay. We had this like 15 second, like thing at the start. that was like so engaging and built from sound design and flash through sections of the whole film. And then seeing that, work so well and then being able to actually back it up when you're talking to a client and be like, hey, like this worked really well for these guys. Like this is something we can do for you, you know, and like Mm -hmm. this is these are literally the numbers that come from it.
0: Well I guess that's like analyzing, yeah, analyzing. Yeah, like literally looking
1: at you at what you've created in the past and then how you can, you know, kind of Reinterpret or like repeat those yeah. results
0: again for someone else. I kind of hate that sometimes, in the sense of like, I know it's funny. Like on like, if I just posted photos of my bike on Instagram every day, like I, like numbers would just go oh, through the roof. I know, and, but it's funny when do like you wanna I want to do that. I, that's the thing. Like I post something. Like I don't mind posting photos of my bike, but like you know when you like I take like just say like I went up to Mount Buffalo the other day and I took this really cool photo and I was just like I'm into it. Like I think it's awesome, but I know if I post it online, like no one's really gonna like it. Like that's the and that's the funny thing that it's just like mm. the thing that like,
1: you begin to see what like
0: you just don't go to if you just go yeah. to, if you just go do it for the numbers or the money or whatever you want to say mm. and like sometimes you will get this thing where it's like well this isn't really what I'm but doing. it's interesting
1: how you can look at something and be like I know that will perform well
0: but then you're like
1: <laughs> but this is what I want to post and I think it's interesting to like to just you know I know I really tried to like just post what I want to post but you know I see it all the time from like filmmakers and stuff who like have production companies or on cool sets and use cool cameras and stuff and their feed's just full of like really rad camera rigs and like mm. setups on film sets and stuff and that are just like they're growing
0: huge but yeah. it's just
1: like photos of like the same camera with different lenses rigged up different ways and even Jared and I fall into like
0: dude look at this it's so satisfying you because know, you're isn't like it? this yeah. looks cool yeah, like, should, yeah. so, not, uh, yeah. should we get this yeah. I don't
1: know you know so like we see that and I know that like if we posted rig pictures all the time too it'd be it'd be the same uh, the same so, same reaction you know but but we're trying to like you know share the work that we're passionate about and share the art that we create that we're like this is rad Mm. and try to build a following based on like people that really enjoy that sort of work too not just people who are trying to like look at cool you know sexy photos of a camera that you probably can't afford yeah exactly (laughs) yeah
0: because i i heard something and it's like it's kind of stuck with me and it's like yeah bait the hook for what the fish wants not for what you want and it's just like, yeah. I guess, but you've kind of also got to have the balance of like, hey, I want to, I want to eat some what's on the hook as well. Yeah. I want to show you my photo. See what you think of it. Cause I was pretty pumped on that. Oh dude.
1: That's cool as.
0: Yeah. I'm you like- should.
1: Yeah. Post that. I'll give you a like, <laughs> you bro. Give, you like
0: that? I was, I was going to wait till I, like actually get a heap, of, a heap of cool photos together. Good composition.
1: We've got uh, a nice sort of like cool blue. The mountain's fading away. You can really see the layers. The moon. Uh, he's not quite full, is he? He's close. Oh, he's getting, he was getting there. The moon centred at the top. You know, we've got the cloud formation coming through. Very interesting cloud formation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm a big fan. That's I,
1: from that's from the top of uh, the horn?
0: No, nah, it's like the, the hill in front of the horn. So it's like oh, opposite Oh, yeah, what's that one hump.
1: called? I don't know.
0: Something pass or something nah, peak? No, it's or? not pass. Uh, I think it's called the hump. Oh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's called the hump because I remember <laughs> laughing at it. You got the horn and the hump. The horn and the hump. <laughs> 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 I've never actually said that out loud before, but yeah, that's what we've got. I love it up there. It's so Oh, good. it's cool. Hey. I was going to ask you as well, when you do send stuff to a client though, how many times do you normally go back to the client and then they make changes because I know a lot of time when I've seen people they will say like we'll make two like we'll give you Two two times to like change things around yeah. and then that's it. Kind yeah. of things. So, we we you can kind of take the piss with that a little bit, can't you? Definitely. And we
1: have people take the piss with that a lot. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I think um
0: we, you can hear it in your soul of like <laughs> no. <sighs> no, no No no.
1: Like I think people um, you know, it's a lot of the time you're creating a project for somebody that like, you know, might be the founder of a company or you know, or have like a really tight connection with like what it is that they're trying to achieve and, you know, getting it right the first time, like you're going to be pretty lucky or, you know, and like, it's definitely, we've definitely nailed films and had like, you know, no rounds of changes or one small change. And then it'd been like, awesome, sweet, we're done. That's rad. And then other times we've had like 10 rounds of changes, you know, probably, probably more. And so like, you know, that happens from time to time and, you know, I think that we have to be responsible for partially responsible for it because you know whether it might be, you know, maybe we didn't ask enough questions or ask the right questions about like what it is that you know specifically someone's trying to achieve. But often, more often than anything, I think what the biggest killer is of of these sort of rounds of, of revisions and stuff when you're trying to achieve something is is the people don't actually you know, we're in the business of envisioning something before it happens. Like that's what we're essentially being paid to do Mm. is like figure out how to execute something from like the experience of making all these other films and making all these other photographs and then being like, Oh sweet. We can do this, take the little piece of this, take a little piece of that and create it in our minds before then going and filming it. Mm. And then like a lot of the time, the people who are paying you, they're paying you because they don't, they don't know how to do that or they can't do that as good as us. Mm. And so we are then i think sometimes the biggest factor of these multiple revisions is like people will see what they're like they've given us direction on what to do and then we'll create it mm. and then they're like oh shit actually like it's i kind of wanted it a little bit different than that now that i can see it yeah i'm like oh i actually think i want to change it a bit mm. because prior to that they hadn't they weren't able to like
0: you know, they can they can visualize they can't it all put it. into words enough of yeah. that like,
1: or, or they don't know how to put it into it, words articulate it
0: properly yeah yeah and yeah. so like
1: we take this all this information that we get from a client and we create a note which is like this huge document you know yeah. with like screenshots of like what the color's going to look like mm-hmm. and then like screenshots of like films cuz we have these huge Jared's like a walking encyclopedia of like cool Vimeo films. <laughs> 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 So's Ryan to a point, you know, yeah. but like, the, like we'll have all these screenshots of like actions or like things that people are doing, whether they're like carrying kayak into the lake or yeah. like, you know, watching the sunset in, in this certain sort of like composition. And we'll be like, take these and build like a storyboard of what we're going to mm. shoot based on like other people's sort of screenshots from even movies and films and stuff as well. Mm. And like, we've pre-visualized it there, but then we know how we're going to tie that together in our own style. So we do all this stuff and then execute it. And then I think it's just, that's the biggest thing. It's just the client doesn't have that. They don't have the resources or they don't haven't seen the amount of work that we've looked at or they haven't actually used the camera like we've used it to then know, oh, that idea will or won't work.
0: Yeah. They don't even know how like, you'll do things on camera and they won't even know that that was a thing. And then they will be like, well, how do you, how do you come up with something if you mm. don't even know it's possible kind of thing. But it's like when I was talking to you about if we shot that um, crank brothers thing in bright and like I had that shot from limitless, we should they, still
1: do that by the way.
0: I know I'm trying to, I need it. Yeah. We need to make it happen, but that shot at the end from Limitless when he walks into the, the cafe. And I'm like, that's so perfect. The like camera follows in and then stays behind her. And then you could just drop down. And I'm like, yeah. I saw it in my head. It's like, I, I know. with like Jared, he would just have you in you as well. Like you've got this like, yeah, da- da- database of like yeah. shot lists and like ways to do it and ways to plan it. And how you've like, oh, I saw it here and there. And yeah, I think that would be quite like, I feel like I've just from being around it for so long with like with writing and that, like I feel like, well, you know what you want to see and when you've been doing it for so long, you get a pretty good idea. So I always like, I like I only like filming with, with certain people as well because mm. I hate when you film with someone that has like this idea of like how they want it to look Yeah, and you've got your idea of how you want it to look and if they're not really like... If you're not aligned,
1: then yeah, it's the same with you working with anyone on all sorts of like creative projects. Mm. You want to be on the same page. Yeah,
0: because yeah. it's a lot of like, yeah, it's a lot of work for for both people but obviously if you're like yeah. i'm about to send this gap this is like pretty risky yeah and even if you get the shot you want i don't i'm not stoked on that yeah. so it's almost just like why am i gonna risk it for something yeah. that's not even a good good end thing it was nice the other day going and shooting and not riding and not riding. just because every time it was so funny because every time i'd like one another i was like oh can you push up against that and i know that's always that's always me <laughs> like i've heard that one oh, oh the amount of times man where i'll be like Wrecked, and you just hear like yeah, Riley or Jared or whoever, or my brother, and just be like, oh one one more, and I'm just like, oh fuck, come oh, the on. old one more, oh the old one more, and I hate it when you like, you know, when you nail a section as well. Like the worst is when like you nail a section and then it's like, oh yeah, or like oh they're doing like a real like close up shot of something, yeah, and it's just like I get that like they're trying to build a story from like in yeah. the corner or something, and you hit it tap and then it's like slow mo of like the wheel or something, and you don't get any of the shot, and you're just like. Oh man, but I get, I get when like you want to, you've got your idea, yeah. but it's like, if they're not on, like lining up, cause I've done videos, um, with people where like, and very rarely, to be honest, like very rare, I can't think of the last time I shot cause I kind of just shoot, shoot with the same people now yeah. because it's just like, I don't, like it is a lot of work to shoot. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm You don't want to be pushing up and down the
1: hill for s- someone who's like not really aligned with what you're trying to create yeah. or like, or you're like, Hey, we're, we're they're like, running, experimenting. I mean, it's fun to experiment, but they're like, you know, oh, yeah, sweet, like they're pretty new or something and they're like, I've been missing shots or something like that. It's kind of yeah. like, you know. I'm that's, doing this that's new thing wedding.
0: where I try and shoot with a lens cap on yeah. I see how it's going to work out. So far, not good. Yeah, so, so far, not good. <laughs> Can you push up again? Dude, that's
1: why I throw away all my lens caps. Just get rid of them. You <laughs> asked me about know. the lens cap for your lens before, I'm like, why do you need that? I, I just d- throw it away. Really? I throw them away. Do you, do you, know, do you know what happened? So, like... I'm, so I, I lose mate, them anyway. So I, I guess I do it's same thing, right? No, but like I remember in photo school, um, one of our tutors in when I was well majoring photo I majored in photojournalism, and I had a National Geographic photographer and an Australian Geographic photographer as my tutors. And I remember the first class of the year, uh, he. He sort of was like, oh, everyone had to bring that. It was like camera tech class. So he was like you go out and shoot for this class. It's like some of it was theory and whatever. And anyway, this was like camera tech class. So you bought your cameras. And everyone had their cameras. Like, so right, was pretty every, fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, we had like studio class and all these different things. Like, it was cool. Uh, but anyway, this one class is like, all right, everyone, put your hands up. Who's got lens caps? And like ninety percent of the class put their hands up. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. So I want you guys to take your lens caps. And he, as he was saying this, he was dragging the bin over to the middle of the room. And he's like, yeah. and I want you to throw them in the bin. And everyone's like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, I want you to throw your lens cap out because his, his, you know, rationale behind it was like, you know, between you and capturing the moment, there's this piece of plastic. And that's one more thing that is getting in the way of like you being so fast to capture something. So if you're pulling the camera out of the bag and you're like, oh, I'm ready... Oh, and it's got the lens cap on. Or, you know, which isn't, it's not really a problem anymore because now everything, everyone's shooting like mirrorless. So you turn it on, you see that it's black, but then you still like waste five seconds figuring out why. You're like, oh, is my aperture wrong? Is my shutter speed too fast? And then you're like, oh, the lens cap's on, Yeah. you know? And so it's just this, it's like five, ten more seconds between you and capturing the moment. And you wouldn't believe how many times I have you know, that has helped me from turning the camera on. It's one less step. I just literally turn the camera on and the Sony startup time is like less than a second. And like, bang, you can shoot a photo. You're not fumbling around with some lens cap. And instead of lens caps, I just use like UV filters, like fifty to one hundred dollar, like clear glass, so ah, it's like protects the front. So there is of the something lens. on the front, okay. yeah. So it's like a, add that little one on the end. Most of <laughs> mo- oh, man, most of the time, but that's different than a lens cap. Like some people will be like, you know, that was what he said as well. He's like, if you really want to protect your lens, then like get a UV filter. That's like if you drop your lens or whatever, then you know the UV filter will smash at the front end element of the lens or like whatever, and, and it'll be
0: fine. That's but actually, like, funny because I do have a. a filter for that yeah like throw away that put, lens cap Then, well i already threw it away so yeah, yeah. yeah you lost it that's <laughs> <right>. Pre, pre-thrown <laughs> pre-thrown but did i always get like i was i've been anxious today i'm like where did i put it i didn't mm. find it like i was asking you if you yeah. had a spare one like but like i think it just changed my world
1: but the other thing as <laughs> well like what well, i mean I, I say that thing about the uv filters that's like what you do if you're worried about it but like you know most of our lenses have nd filters going on and off them depending if we're shooting like photo or video so it's like you know, half of them are just raw dogging yeah, <laughs> in the, the bag. I and mean, you just have good camera bags that have like the soft pouches and stuff. Like you shouldn't... Yeah, they're you not know, really getting smashed around. Well, you're not like, throwing you're gravel playing, in there with the camera, are you? And just shaking it up like a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no lens cap <laughs> just, on just, just this shovel of Sorry, cement guys, in I'm there I'm just packing up my gear and I've got to pour this load of gravel into my bag and just shake it around like what about if you're shooting bikes there? and you're
0: going to get roosted oh I know well that
1: was the <laughs> one thing we should, we should <laughs> shout, <laughs> oh, out, I know. shout out to Sam Purdy who had one of our cameras from Emble the other day and we saw on Instagram this photo of him being getting roosted by a motorbike <laughs> he's like yeah when such and such cleans you up in the corner and we're like dude isn't that our camera <laughs> we're like oh dude <laughs> 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 gotta take that to get clean oh <laughs> man <laughs> no wasn't too bad he looks after the gear <laughs> <laughs> I mean well, I it came mean, back pretty I dusty mean, I know you mean honestly oh, it just, came back pretty oh, dusty God. sam Maybe <laughs> just give it a little clean next time before you bring it back. If I just love like. that there's like, there's evidence as well. It's so like,
0: just, I know just getting absolutely hosed and <laughs> yeah. just like, you're just like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That's just oh, exactly yeah, just Just, what it just like, like, like. <laughs> twi- twitch a certain way. like, oh, that just, that, oh, I just feel
1: good. <laughs> it was pretty funny though. What seeing, you know, when you see it on Instagram and you're like, wait, isn't that our, yeah, <sighs> hold, on s- hold on a second, hold on a second.
0: Oh, man. yeah I, um, I saw a, a guy got his red, um, He's got like a red. Uh, it's like um, oh yeah, I know about red. Oh, no. what, why is it like reds like the like the oh the,
1: they're like it's a pretty expensive. I mean, it's kind of like buying a you know luxury car. Like it has the price tag on it, but they are really good. Like we kind of want to get one for like ultra slow mo, like frame rates for shooting bikes and stuff. Yeah, because like right now we can do like two hundred frames frames a second on our Sony's, but you know like everything looks better in slow motion. It looks yeah. so nice in slow motion, especially if you're getting like really nice details and stuff. And like, we love shooting like 25 frames a second, like getting that normal speed thing, you know, cause like that's what people are used to watching like cinema and stuff in like normal 25 frames a second. Like there's motion blur to it and stuff. And like riding looks pretty sick in normal speed too. Cause you really can tell how fast someone's going, mm. but there's something about like seeing like a slow mo whip of someone doing super, yeah. super sideways <laughs> or, really or hitting a corner and the, you know yeah just like sam got covered in dust that day you know like when you see that slow-mo dirt going all over it yeah yeah i saw
0: a guy yeah his red got roosted yeah yeah and i was like saw that i was like oh that's just i know like it started um when i went and filmed zach i was just like really realizing (laughs) like okay this is there's lots of dust around right now yeah i did think about the camera because you know those like little blowy squeezy yeah yeah, i was like I didn't get one of those. I Yeah, one every- of those is
1: good, but also like I mean, they're pretty cameras. Like especially these little guys, the Sony's like so weather sealed nowadays. Mm. Like pretty good, but yeah, it's a good idea to like learn how to clean your sensor or take your sensor, take your camera to get the sensor cleaned every now and then. It's like good practice, but you know I, I, we've got the cleaning kit that we clean them ourselves. Oh, really? Every time we get them back from Sam. It's- <laughs>
0: Just get the leaf blower in there, get the yeah. old milky blower and just blower yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's that's funny. Yeah, because I uh yeah, I don't. You know when like because it's just so new and so nice still, oh, and yeah. I'm just like, you know, when you get anything new and like the first, yeah, I, totally. I actually I picked up the other day and the um, like the neck strap grabbed on something and it just got thrown at the ground and I was just like, <gasps> and like freaked out, looked at it, not a mark on it, but yeah, I'm very precious it like once it's inside it's nice but then i'm like yeah going to world cups it's probably going to get pretty beat up yeah Uh,
1: it will but you know what that's they're they're tools
0: though it's like you know it's a tool i've always
1: thought about the camera like a tool, and like our you know (laughs) uh ryan who's like i said our, our head editor at emble he's just moving he's about to move down here and he's been with us for the last couple of weeks here hanging out while we're sort of in this crazy deadline time and he's like looking at how we treat our gear and he's like dude I need to sort this out for you guys. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to be in charge of uh, where stuff goes, like what bag. Really? He's, he's like trying to cheer us up. But I'm like, I've always thought about it as even for the last like, you know, oh, man, pretty much my whole photo career just because like working with other photographers and stuff and then especially having that that kind of, you know, th- those t- tutors like the Nat Geo shooter like uh, Michael Coyne and and uh bill backman like our, my two major tutors in photo school they basically like you know seeing like you know michael Quinn would go to the middle east and be like in you know war zones and stuff and there's like you know dust and dirt and mm. ash and all this crap going all over your cameras and it's just like you know it's a tool it's a tool for you to capture it's a tool for you to express mm. and it's a tool for you to use so like you know at the end of the day like you know, if, if, if I have the choice between like sticking the camera in behind like our mate uh, Rennie, like ripping through this like dusty pile of hot ash and getting this epic shot mm. or like standing back two meters and it not quite
0: being as cool, but the camera being safe, I'll always put the camera in. Yeah. I think that comes down to as well. Like, you know, when you spend money on something like nice, you like don't use it, which is mm. funny because I thought about this the other day. I brought um, this suit and I just never use it. It's like my most expensive Thing I've brought and I was like we never wear nice things and it's mm. like so funny like we spend all our money on these clothes that we wear like once or twice a year yeah and that's why I started wearing like I wore like the, my most expensive thing I've ever brought was this like white suit I wore it, wore it track work, uh, for the track walk at world champs and it, was like, it obviously got dirty and I was just like this is cool I'm like actually <laughs> using it like I had this big epiphany when it, before yeah, then totally. I was at home and I had these really nice pants and yeah I just never wore them because I was so nice and that cost me like like 80 or a hundred bucks. Like not even that expensive, but I was just like, I'll just wear them when I go out. And then I was just like, I don't go out that much. And I was like, I'm just going to start wearing them all the time. And then it's like, yeah, it's like, I guess it's like your body with scars and stuff as well. It's kind of like, you were living and that's yeah. why you've got them. Like, yeah. Shit's going to get dirty, but we've got washing machines for yeah. that. Like, just use Just like just that small
1: it. scratch that you get on the front of your uh, lens for not using a lens cap. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. Now nah, they make them pretty tough now. You I've were seen, saying like, that. I've seen videos online of dudes with like screwdrivers trying to smash them and it's like not leaving a
0: scratch and shit. Oh, it's pretty gnarly. That would hurt my soul watching that.
1: Dude, yeah, it does. It's like, like really cringeworthy watching it. It's like...
0: I'm not into like, you know, when you see those things where it's like a big press and they just crush things. It's like, I get the whole like appeal behind it, but I'm like, come on. Like it just, I don't know. I'm not into like breaking. Breaking stuff. Yeah. It's just like breaking shit that's brand new. It's like break like old stuff at least. Like you've just brought something brand new to then crush it. It just seems like, think of all the effort and energy that's gone into creating that thing and then you just break it and then it just goes back in this cycle of just like, it's just this going around this circle of just uselessness kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, Stop it! Yeah. Oh, so we what are we doing next weekend? Are we racing?
1: What are we doing next weekend? Are you? We're, we're gonna go to? You gonna come to Thread? I think we're gonna
0: go Threadboat, Yeah, I want to. Oh, I want to come Threadboat. and. I want to come to a race.
1: Yeah. So let's. Um, I reckon next weekend we. Uh, yeah, because it's gonna, closing. We, gonna, closing. we do closing. some vlogging.
0: You know I mean? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do. Well, do I, some yeah, vlogging? that's my life. Yeah, I actually have really been. That's in, my life. That's, that's my, my life now. now. I'm a vlogger. I'm a vlogger. I don't thought I'd say that. i like. I like. I do like it though because it's been cool to be able to actually like share more because I don't really yeah. like Instagram that much because I feel like it's so shallow and you don't, yeah. it's so hard to get something it's also across this
1: vessel of connection. Like I've seen you out, like, you know, when you're on these race days and like using it to, you know, go around and like talk to people and interview mm. people. It's like this thing to spark conversation that you might yeah. not have had before.
0: Well, even this like podcast, man, like we've talked about stuff we haven't talked about before. And mm. it's just like, as weird that it takes this platform or this setting to create that, but yeah. it just seems to But it's do cool it. as well. Though. Yeah, it's you good know, though. It's, it's like good. it's new yeah. things, yeah. But I think with, yeah, the vlogging thing, it's just like a thing that I thought was really cool is when I went to the World Cup and then I obviously put the vlog out and then like my mum watches it, like my brother, and like they sit down and watch on the TV. I'm like, that's like you're coming together as like a family or I'm sure heaps of people do that that do watch like that kind of thing and they like kind of have a snippet of my life and I think that was quite cool. I, I thought it was a bit cringy at the start, like filming yourself and mm. I never wanted to get, in the way of living life either. Like I I hate when you see people like put a camera in the way of like what you're actually doing. But I think I've got this good balance of like filming stuff and doing it because I enjoy it and also kind of living in the moment and Mm. being present as well. And I think that's the thing that I always was scared about. Like I don't want to go so so down the rabbit hole of like vlogging is everything and I need to capture this and capture that. And then I'm always editing and I'm not actually like living Mm. life because like you said, there's like, to create a video, go, there's a lot of work in it, yeah. and there's a lot of like brain power and all that. But it's like if yeah, if you can balance it and do both, it's I feel I I've, I have been enjoying it, and like you also get get a little bit better at it as well. But I was really under this thing when I started that I constantly, like obviously if you want to grow quicker, you've got to constantly put content out, but I don't really want to constantly put content out. Hey, like I want to just do it. I
1: think quality over quantity. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like I think if you keep doing what you're doing, just keep making sure that they're like good quality things that you're Mm. interested in, they're engaging topics, engaging people in whatever you want to do, like that's outweighs, you know, the, I mean, I don't know if the algorithm likes that. But. I don't think it, no, it doesn't. Cause <laughs> it I've doesn't, seen, I've seen like, people that would just. I think in the long run, it will be good. You yeah. Know, it'll be I,
0: better. Well, it's like I'm proud of what I'm putting out. And I see people, and I was like, nothing against it either, but they'll just film with like just a GoPro or something or just like, and just drop all the clips in. And it's like, it's very raw and very uncut. Mm. But I I get a bit bored watching that. Like I try and even with my videos, like I cut the speaking down and like make it very, like, punchy mm. and, like, it's, it's kind of always engaging. I don't have, like, lots of pauses and I feel like mm. there's always something happening because, like, if I watch my own thing and I get bored, I'm like, well, everyone else, like, mm. probably some people wouldn't, but mm. it's like, I, I want to watch mine and be like, this is... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like, skip, skip, hey, skip.
1: It actually reminds me of the time that we filmed the uh, How to Make a Banana Smoothie at my house. <laughs> yeah. Probably could have cut that down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway, fun fun story, though. I had somebody rep- pull me up on, on the street the other day, and we're like, "Hey, are you the guy that made the banana smoothie with Dean Lucas on his
0: vlog?" And I was like,
1: "No way!" Yes. <laughs> dude,
0: people sent me; they made it. Him people made it.
1: I know. I yeah. saw. Them.
0: Yeah, I get I like, I had, had like three or four people messaging me saying, "Like, oh, that's not bad." and I was like, "That's cool. We've just created this." Like, <laughs> I
1: know, such such a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, It's just... also so random because you like started vlogging. I was in, in my undies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's... dude, did not know that you were gonna come oh. start vlogging. Just,
0: just come in heavy, hey, coming in
1: hot and heavy. Real yeah, I kind of. as
0: soon as i jumped on board i was like all systems go <laughs> i went from like not being at all interested in vlogging cameras anything i was kind of invested in the podcasting yeah but i was like i was so out of everything else and then i kind of just like went yep all right let's do this it was funny because gypsy um jace McAlpine from gypsy tales i went up to do a podcast with him and he was kind of showing me like how like he's obviously grown heaps in the last yeah. couple of years and like where, like, he's put how he's pushing his content on yeah. YouTube and all that, and just showing me like the views you can get, the revenue, like everything, and like the audience mm. and how engaged people are. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. And it's like, cool I, seeing all that stuff. Yeah. Also, fun fact I
1: just listened to that one that he did with Graham Abo Henry. Have you listened to that yet? No. Oh, I just I saw the thing he posted on Instagram of, of, that, of that guy. He's like a sort of a, um, Guy from sort of you know Sydney underworld crime criminal like
0: I saw the small snippet he put up, and I yeah, made it dude, to-
1: I listened. That was my whole trip to thread. It was three hour podcast. So mm. It's like got me pretty much all the way there. I listened to half an hour of music and then that podcast, and it was unreal. So cool, like um, you know, getting guests like in, you know interesting guests that like aren't necessarily in the world of like bikes or action sports or whatever Never. that you know still. Yeah, came onto his podcast and everybody would have been like so interested in that. Like you should, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. It's really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool when you, like people, they like they leave the norm of like, yeah, like bikes or, mm. or action sports or whatever. And they jump so far out. Mm. It's a bit more of like a daunting challenge. It'd be like you filming something that you don't normally film. Yeah, it's like, totally. all right, well. But I love doing that too. Though. It is good. Yeah. But it's like this new like level of like. Yeah, you you lose a lot of relatability, I guess. So it's mm. like if I was interviewing someone that was, yeah, I don't know, like a mathematician or something. Mm. Like, I yeah, I'd have to approach it from a completely <laughs> different way, which is going to be like challenging. But obviously, if you're getting people on that are outgoing and do have a cool story, yeah. like you just need to be a good, I guess, I don't know, I don't know what the words like. Well, good interviewer or like good mm. story kind of storyteller, because it's just like you need to create feelings in them to then share and open yeah. up and stuff. But that can, that can be tricky sometimes. And I know people like you kind of can get a lot of shit because sometimes you need to open someone up. So it's like, you Mm. need to talk a lot to open them up. And then it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is, I guess. Yeah. It is a bit of an art and it's like anything. I think, yeah, it takes time and you get better at it. Yeah. Just get to
1: practice. Keep Practicing.
0: Do you feel like you were always kind of like a good storyteller or do you feel like that's something that came to you once you started getting, getting into photos?
1: Oh, I've always been good at talking shit. (laughs) You always? Nah, I mean I've always liked. Um, <laughs> do you guys have living in Melbourne or yeah. you like when you're in Tassie? Was nah, it? definitely. If you, I think if you meet my dad, it will tell you a lot about me. He loves to have a yarn. Does he? He sure. loves to have a yarn, and I think I just like listen to him having a yarn, and then uh, started having and then to having a yarn, having a yarn but myself. I, but
0: I know some people that their parents, when their parents are really super talkative, they kind of they can go it can go both ways. Yeah, because sometimes the parents talk over the kids, and then they don't yeah. have a voice, and vice versa. They just, mm. they copy them exactly. Well, so. I think
1: as well, for for me, it was like, um, I don't know, I'm pr- pretty pretty energetic, a bit, bit of ADHD <laughs> going on in there. And so I think like having having that like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just like excited generally about stuff. And, and I, uh, yeah, I just in, in, enjoy life and like to <laughs> get pumped on stuff. So I think, I don't know, but also it's a combination of like, you know, my dad loves to have a chat. I love to have a chat. And then I've just had this sort of, Mother- I guess I shot, I shot weddings for a long time, which was also like kind of, you know, it was like it wasn't just like learning how to be quick and responsive with the camera and how to be a better photographer and like how to deal with shitty natural light and like how to just make good stuff look good. Mm-hmm. It was also like. of the job is like dealing with people and like shooting weddings for five or six years was like a case study on the human race. You like hang out with a hundred different people every weekend and like you get this experience of just like, which not many people get. Yeah. So I got to hear a lot of stories from other people, but then also like weddings took me all over the world. Like i traveled, like I shot wedding weddings in like India, Thailand, like, you know, Bali, New Zealand, America, Canada, like i shot weddings all over the place. And so the camera took me to all these different places Mm -hmm. And having all these really weird experiences and then having stories to tell, you know, as well, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. It was a combination of all of those things that mm. I think. And then and then also my passion for sort of like telling stories with the camera through photos then transitioned into like telling stories in video. Mm. And, then, and then that passion was like giving people a feeling and then understanding where that feeling comes from, you know. Mm. That's kind of the effect of like the flow and effect of being like, Oh, yeah, when, when you start to learn to tell stories and then understanding what it is, what's engaging about a story, it's the feeling that somebody gets mm. and then figuring out how to recreate that feeling through like, you know, having mm. parts of your story speed up or slow down or whatever. And it's the same when you talk to somebody and tell a story. Yeah,
0: know? yeah, you know when you, yeah, when you actually... It is it is it is an art form if you can actually tell a good story, like where where to build, when to go low. Yeah, it's about engaging If
1: you can engage with people in a room, Mm. then and then in you know, I feel like, and this isn't necessarily true for everybody because I know there's heaps of like, you know, storytellers out there that like their engaging uh, sort of like factor or or like their their engaging vessel is like the camera, and they might be really introverted and they might not actually really like to kind of come in and like. Engage with heaps of people in the room and and tell a story, you know, and be a storyteller in real life, uh, in 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 not in real life, but like in person yeah, as well. Yeah. So some people their vehicle is that, but like I really like both, where I can like you know have a chat of a beer and tell some you know weird story about like you know I don't know being chased. By <laughs> <laughs> thinking, where are you going thinking with? I was going to get attacked by wolves on like a, a you know some frozen river in in Canada or some shit. Yeah, you know, like some some story it's like I don't know storytelling's fun it's like I think we've built so much of our society around stories
0: yeah you know yeah I was gonna say when you talk about like it like kind of hit me when you were saying like going to different weddings and that making you deal with so many different people like I've noticed that with racing and like going to different countries and Mm. like you just get this like you just, you just realize you like you adapt to these different like cultures and way of being and seeing how everyone acts and you become a lot more accepting I think because it's like you realize that like this isn't the wrong way or the right way, there's just different ways and mm. I think like a lot of times when you grow up in a small country town, a lot of people get this mentality there's like there's only one way to like kind of do it and that's it and then there's only like one way to do it and that's it and I think it's like they don't, because I haven't seen other ways of doing it. They've only ever had their one kind of one way. So mm. I think it's like once you... Um, once you're exposed. You're exposed, you're exposed yeah. to all
1: these different things. Because I
0: think at first you'll see like other other ways and you'll be like, oh, no, that's wrong. That's not how we do mm. it. And I was like, well, why is your way right? And it's like, it's not right or wrong. It's just different. And I think, yeah, that was like, if you, could, yeah, if you can travel or like you say, like, yeah, go to weddings or like be around different people, I think, yeah, mm. you get this way... But, even, even if, but
1: I think even if you can't travel and, you know, you could just... There's still... Like, you can still expose yourself to different mm. people. You can... Like, you can expose yourself to different content online, you know, yeah. rather than being fed whatever the friggin' Instagram al- al- algorithm is going to give you. You can, like, actively choose to look up, like, bonsai trees on YouTube yeah. or whatever it is that you're interested in and, like, expose yourself to different content or... Or, you know, even better, like, exposing yourself to different stories in, in real life. Like, when I was in Melbourne, I would go to random exhibitions, random, like, you know, <laughs> random parties, random exhibitions, random, like, you know, stores in Melbourne. Be like, why would I even, you know, this isn't yeah. something I'm interested in, but I'd just go in and be like, have a look around. You don't like, know, Whoa. but you don't know that. But you, don't know, you that. don't know that. You don't know that until you
0: go in there. That's the mm. thing. It's like people, like, you know when people say, oh, I don't like that. It's like, have you mm. ever tried it? And like, no. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> okay Wait, How yeah know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah yeah i noticed when i went to amsterdam i was there for a couple of weeks and i remember like i'd never really been to like art galleries or anything like that and when you obviously go to an art gallery like you go there to like look at everything and like try and like just mm. get a feeling out of it yeah. and, like it's going to talk to you in some way mm. and tell you something and whatever. So, well, good art will leave you asking more questions yes, than you yeah. have answers. There yeah, there's something. But I noticed when I left the gallery and then I was just in Amsterdam, like going around, I kind of started to like look at everything a bit mm. more, a bit differently. Like, instead of like, you kind of like, like, a bit of tunnel vision in a way of just like you just live life and go about yeah. it but it kind of opened my eyes up a bit more to everything that was happening or where i was or what i was doing and it's just funny that you mm. go somewhere to focus in on something and then when you leave mm. it makes you open your mind up about like hey what is all this stuff mm. and like what how does this actually make me feel and why does it make me feel that yeah. way and how can we change that if make it better or how like why would it get worse and yeah yeah it makes that, you question a lot
1: that was actually like i remember uh, when I was in Melbourne, like, because I was, like, living in Melbourne for, like, 10 years sort of like, building up my business and stuff. How was that at the start when you first... Oh, yeah, well, that's actually kind of, like, you know, a question you asked earlier that I probably didn't answer properly, but, <laughs> like, you know, when moving out here, you know, I sort of built up my business in Melbourne over the space of, like, sort of nine years or so, and so I had, like, a pretty solid client base from, like, working in the city, also access to a lot of, like, you know, photographers and filmmakers that I assisted, and then, like, you know, built up my own client base and like reached out to brands and stuff that I wanted to work with because a lot of their offices might be in the city. And like, so I built up this real sort of like brand or reputation or like, you know, had like good, you know, sort of contact list of people that were either in industry or agencies or whatever. Your Rolodex was quite fat. Ro- had a fat Rolodex, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but like... Fat. I, fat. fat. The ph. <laughs> the ph, no. So like, I was no. like... No. <laughs> 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 I like <that>. No. <laughs> no. Nah. No, so, 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 but thick. seriously though, it was thick. No. <laughs> I, uh...
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, back Yeah, Serious time. I, I, I
1: spent the time to like meet people and just, you know, have connections to, that you know would either want to work with me or would you know be able to you know point work to me, towards me you know if they couldn't do it and so I just kind of had this really good connections with all different people all different people from different walks of life whether they were brands photographers filmmakers or whatever that then you know I kind of got towards the end of my time there and me and my ex partner we moved to up to Byron for for a year you know and it was at that point when I was in Byron that I was like. That was the biggest nerve-wracking move was, like, moving to Byron first. Mm. And then for a whole year of living there, I didn't do a single job in Byron. Really? I just did jobs in Melbourne and Sydney. And, like, we would get flown there to, like, shoot. And it was, like, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth. I did all while I was living in Byron for a year. And so it was at that point where I was, like – because I didn't really know if it was going to work out or not. Mm. And I had, like, a few – things up there that I was like going to try and like tee up some jobs with some brands. But then when I moved up there, it was like, I still just ended up getting hired to fly to these cities to shoot anyway. So it was that, that was the point where I realized that I didn't really need to be anywhere specifically that like, you know, there was kind of going to be work that would show up somewhere somehow. And, you know, and if there wasn't, then I would have the free time and the mental capacity to, to kind of like look for it if I wasn't getting it, you know, and then that's what we've done here. You know, we've had sort of periods since moving yet yeah, like since i moved from byron to bright that like you know we've had quiet zones where then we've gotten on the hustle and like approach some brands to be like hey we want to work with you this is an idea we have and like creating a trip a treatment for a, a job before they've even asked for it you know and mm. just being like here this is what we want to do this is what it can look like um Except for we kind of we did that a whole bunch for a little quiet period and then now we're reaping the consequences because then all this other workers yeah, kind of come, come in yeah. as well, you know. So on top of it. To it's a good problem to have, but like, yeah, it's like, you know, we're we're working working through all the all the stuff right now and yeah, just trying to make, make cool cool shit. <laughs> How was it living in Byron? Byron was just not really my scene. I mean I I like I've always come out to, to Hotham to like snowboard each year and then like, you know, after like Taken up mountain biking. I only started riding mountain bikes when I was in Byron. So it was like, you know, before that I rode BMX. Mm. And then, you know, living up there, I probably could count on my hands how many times I went to the beach. But I rode the mountain bike park up there like every every second day or every day. Like yeah. I rode like five days a week there, and I, and I'd put my biking in the car and drive not that far. I was pretty lucky. It was like ten fifteen minutes mm. to the to like Duck Creek was my local. Yeah, and I'd ride there every day, and then I was like hang on, why am I up here if I'm just riding all the time? Why wouldn't I just move to somewhere where I can ride all the time and I don't need to ride my bike? I don't need to drive my car there, you know? Yeah. So now living here, it's like a ride Mystic like six days a week. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like...
0: It's just right It's there. just
1: way more right for what I wanted, you know? I've never mm. really been that interested in the beach and surfing and stuff. Yeah. But I love snowboarding. I just love the mountains. I think it's like something about, especially right now, I'm so excited for winter because... Summer is, like, I didn't really shoot that many personal, pro- like, photos over summer because, like, the light, bright, sunny vibe mm. is not really what I'm into. I'd way rather, you know, have moody, dark, like, the mist. I can't wait till we just start getting more foggy days and we can go up into <laughs> Mystic when it's foggy. Yeah. Foggy as hell. And there's, like, mist in the trees. Yeah. And we just get to shoot in that. Like, yeah. that's what I want.
0: I yeah. didn't realize, like... I I knew obviously light can overexpose stuff, but I didn't realize how like, especially in pines until quite recently, like how bad it actually looks like when there's like oh, the patchiness. Patchiness is terrible. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's why I think I like the fog and the mist because also it's like you're creating this, like we literally have like a you know two and a half thousand dollar machine that creates haze on sets you know but like how cool is it being out in the forest when you can like you know
0: when god's just like oh get God, <laughs> god's like we'll haze you up guys. he's like i got you i haze got you com- incoming <laughs> haze boys <board. laughs> He like clicks and that, you get fog yeah
1: but um i think <laughs> i think like that yeah shooting in that's definitely what i like and i i mean we're really lucky here as well we've got like we always watch, uh, you know, Jared and I and, uh, and we'll always like watch, uh, you know, films from like BC and stuff like in Canada and, and be like, damn, they've got it. Like mm. it's like this fog in the hills and all the pines look so perfect. And then the Australian bush is quite messy in comparison and hard to shoot in. Like when we went to beauty that day and shot, it's like, you know, the bush is like hectic yeah. to shoot in and it's yeah. like... The color isn't quite the same. Maybe it's just because what we're exposed to on like movies and stuff. Mm. You're like, God, the pines—they look so sexy. Yeah. But then we're really lucky here. We're like mystics in like a pine plantation, so you know it's logged. But it just gets logged, like what's happening now. Yeah. Exactly. But hey, there's still heaps of other trails that we'll be able to shoot over the next couple of months of like you know before it gets too thick and muddy, we'll be able to shoot some foggy, cool stuff. It's funny. It's funny. Super hyped on.
0: It's funny. There's like nothing's perfect. Hey, like you get like in like forest or bush that's just not gonna get touched but it doesn't look that good mm. and then you get like mystic which is like epic to shoot in but mm. then it gets logged and it's just yeah. like yeah it's you just want the perfect little but
1: that's the challenge though that's the fun challenge
0: is like playing oh, yeah, with it, the weather plan with the scenery plan imagine with just stuff. making an epic jump track down there that you're just like this is never going to be logged and yeah. these trees are going to get so big and that's going to help know. change the track as well yeah and the dirt would get so much more rich because it wouldn't be fully churned over all the time it's a goal. I just wonder. I just. I wonder how the logging thing will go because it's just like the amount of money that Mystic is now I know. is coming in through mountain biking. It's like, so it's mm. like if sure you at some point that people have to be like, mm. like I don't know why HP.
1: It will have to like. I think that it will have to. I mean, because honestly, like we're sitting here and wooden chairs and a wooden table and a wooden table there and another wooden. Oh, table I understand over there. that. It's yeah. like, you know that they must like the plantation must be you know financially, you know. I think a lot more mountain biking would have to happen for it to be switched over to fully... Oh, for sure, for sure. But the you know, thing I'd thing be looking... it's sad to look at, hey, because There's, you're like... The, it just the looks of, terrible as well. It like, looks terrible and, like, you stand on top of, like, Apex or any of the mountains around here and you see... The scars on the mm. land that the logging leaves, yeah. like, and you know, to know that like that's going to be like what? How long until they grow up that big again? Like yeah. that's going to take ages, and it's just these big uh, vacant patches.
0: Mm. I'm not against logging at all, and obviously we need it to happen, but I just feel like if you just left a patch at the front and said, "Well, hey. I think
1: logging plantations different than logging like old growth." Farms oh yeah, 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 yeah. completely,
0: like completely different. But I mean, as well, like imagine if you're like H P V and you are just like we're logging here, and then suddenly we start mountain biking, and then all these people come and they're like, "We don't want you to log anymore," and you're like, "I've been." doing this for years mm. and years and just because you're here now yeah. but what they should there's do there's a is lot sh- of other spaces here though too that's the, what I like, mean like, there's so many plantations yeah, around and, and, just, and just leave the front face yeah. of the hill and it, dude I reckon just like if I was them build a restaurant up top charge people like to come up run like the blue dirt busting, get in contact with them seal the road you gotta pay to go up and just make money that way tourism like Tourism here is huge. Tourism and is if huge. If you yeah. if you if you own the land and you can do stuff, yeah, put a little restaurant, like do what Queenstown did, man. Have like mm. a little illusion and stuff and just make your money that way. Mm. Ticket it, like yeah, like dude. There's plenty of other ways to make money on that hill, and it's such a dude. Maybe we need to take it back to like what I was, what, what, where this all this
1: conversation started. We'll start making some posters.
0: Yeah, let's start doing it. Let's <laughs> we'll start making some posters I and like raise could, the money. We could <laughs> p- we could pitch an idea. <laughs> yeah. I would love to actually just go into like a meeting like that and really just be like, oh dude, just do this. You're Make the treatment. Let's make Let's the deck. Make it. Let's who, make the deck. I don't know who we've got to talk to, but yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I just... reckon we get a gondola with bikes. You know one thing, <laughs> a though? bike the, gondola. The town, this town, everyone gets so excited about a chairlift, which I am all for. This town could not handle the influx of people coming. It's already like, dude, like oh, our hospital is hopeless like well it's not like okay i take that back the hospital isn't hopeless but it's hopeless that you have like thirty-five thousand people come here for a weekend that all do action sports and you go to the hospital and they just point you to wang there's no doctors on call there's nothing yeah i know and even the The, road leaving
1: everything there's like a lot of infrastructure that probably needs to be built i mean even um you know we were shooting sort of a tourism campaign recently that was like advertising for people to come out to not specifically bright but like the whole region you know Mm. and um yeah I think uh like for people to come and work and live here and you know it's uh it's an attractive thing to come and do, but then it's also like where like and we both know it's like well where are they gonna live yeah yeah like that, it, it's kind of like that's that's the interesting component of it, you know, and like we. Yeah, and, like, you know, we, I believe that... I'm like, hell, yeah, like, that's exactly what I've done. I've moved out here and I live, like, an awesome lifestyle. And I love yeah. it out here. Like, I'd way, way prefer being out here than in the city, you know. I, like, you know, spent my time there and it was good and I, like, had really cool experiences and built my business. But, like, deep down, I'm a country boy because I, yeah. I grew up on a farm in Tasmania. But then, like, I come out here and I'm like, oh, man, no, the country is really awesome. Yeah.
0: I feel but like this is, like, the middle ground, hey?
1: It is kind of the middle ground. But, yeah, there's, like, so much, I think infrastructure that's still needed to be built mm. and yeah it just needs to we'll ca- we'll need catch up
0: a little bit like i i don't think anyone realized how big that mountain biking would become here like i remember <clears> riding here back in 2014 dude and there was one like little goat track like down the mystic Downhill. Mm. there was nothing else yeah and like bright was still a very busy town there was like the rod run and a heap of like events and stuff but now it's like gone it's shot up to a new level like I feel like, you know, somewhere's booming when there's more cafes popping up and, like, breweries and stuff. I and know. you're know. Like, yeah, people need caffeine and alcohol. Like, t- yeah. tourism is popping, like, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, it's it's been, like, I, I've been coming here since I was, like, a kid. Hey, like, since I was, like, five. And mm. they were playing in the park down um, near the river. And, like, yeah, it was very, like, sleepy, kind of small yeah, country Yeah, I would town. have loved to have seen um, – Oh, I mean,
1: even I, – I even kind of remember that, like – Uh, Like I was never really here during the summer. I only ever came through winter, but Mm. like, like to go snowboarding, but even coming through here in the winter, like you'd see there wouldn't be that much happening in town. Whereas then now, like you look around and you see, it's like true gentrification of Mm. like, you know, there's like a mini city vibes or like, you know, you've got your trendy cafes, like sixpence and stuff. And then you've got your cool like night spots, like Tom (laughs) Mungos and Tomahawks and all these cool bars, you know, that like people can go and eat and drink at. And it's like, you know, the expansion. Yeah, it's cool. It's like people people love it and hate it, don't they, though, as well. People mm. locals are like, Oh, I don't know, like, you know, we they it want to keep the sleepy town. They want yeah. their sleepy town. But then also, like, you know, having more people here, it's good for a lot of a lot of those businesses like mm. can survive or like yeah. can do better than they were before or might be able to expand yeah. or might be able to and then that growth is good for the mm. town and the people as well and having more jobs and all that stuff. So mm.
0: Yeah, gross inevitable. So it's like you kind of either get behind it or then I guess move to somewhere like a bit more sleepy. Because I know my neighbor, they were saying like they've been here 40 years mm. and they were just like, they don't like it now that it's getting that busy, which I understand if you wanted to go to a sleepy yeah. town, you want to go to a sleepy town, but I guess the benefit now, you can probably sell your house, make even money and oh, go to another sleepy dude, town and, then, and then put money in your pocket. Yeah. It's just like still you're still winning in a way. So, but yeah, I guess if you if you did just want to be here and chill, but yeah. because. I think I'm like on, I I see both sides of it, and I'm definitely I think because I'm still a bit younger, I'm, I enjoy it, and I can see the benefit like to to my riding, and then in the future if I want to do coaching or something, or mm. yeah, I think it's it's just nice to go out and like catch up with people, yeah, and, and have like food options that are open. Like I, I remember know. like before like everything shuts at like five, and you got nothing. You gotta <laughs> go around these like, and you go, oh okay, what's going on? So it is it is nice, and it is nice that it is getting a bit more trendy. So. Yeah. Cool. And for your like line of work as well. Like. Yeah. It'll be interesting for us. Hey, like, I mean, I don't know. I think we'll always like be
1: shooting around different city. Like we'll always kind of go into, into cities and do jobs and stuff. But I think the benefit eventually will be like that. Um, I mean, we're already doing a few like taking some brands and being able to shoot in, you know, cause we have such amazing landscapes. Like you've got Buffalo and Hotham and Razorback and all these like cool locations that are like on the doorstep, you know, mm. or even shooting bikes at Mystic. Like, mm. You know, it's it's cool that it's getting that traction because then you have brands that are like, you know, take it seriously when you're like, oh, okay, we're going to shoot it in our hometown. Like yeah. we're going to shoot whatever product it is here yeah. instead of them being like, oh, why aren't you doing it in Melbourne or why aren't you doing it yeah. here or whatever. It's like, you know, we can take like that, for instance, that Canadian running brand. We shot like 80% or 70% of their film here in Pines because <laughs> we were able to make it kind of feel and look American. Yeah. You know, so like that's cool is to be able to do those projects locally. And we're doing some pretty rad tourism stuff at the moment with, with tent tourism Northeast to, you know, create some cool projects locally that that's really rad, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. The more people that come here, if there's other small brands, I mean, I know there's some cool riding brands that are here that we love to work with, like, like map is here, you know, like they have like a couple of team riders that are out here that like, mm. you know, ride on their road bike team and stuff. So it's cool seeing that expansion. I'm sure there'll be more and more people that, that come out to, mm. you know, be a part of the, be a
0: part of the vibes. Because vibe. like, I want to have a real push for like trying to be more invested in like the trail kind of crew mm. here and like trying to, I don't, I don't know, like throw my ideas at that. And I've, I've been talking to the club about trying to build a new downhill track and then holding national champs here again. Obviously that brings in a lot of people, but like building a, a track that like, people can come from from all around australia like a perfect training kind of spot to be and like if you build that like that's one thing that i think will draw people in and then if you draw like top riders here and then obviously they've got brands that want to advertise with them and push them and that and it's just like hey i'm training in bright for a week hey emble's here or whoever's here mm. creative that just yeah like brings more money and more yeah. creative people and like snowballs on but yeah you just need that thing to kind of entice mm. people to then like jump in the pool <laughs> yeah. to, to get to get it happening
1: yeah yeah I'm into it. I'm
0: into it. You like it, all right, Andy Hardy? We've almost done two hours. I reckon actually okay, that's pretty good. Remember at the start you said, "What are we going to talk about?" <laughs> you, got anything, you got anything you want to plug? I know you pl- plugged down mongo's in six minutes before. <laughs> Any other plugs you want to throw I've, in there? I've, I've done heat. Sure, sure. I've been plugging. I've been
1: plugging away. No, I think um. Big plug would be uh, just check if you haven't checked out our stuff like Emble uh, Studio is our production company and we are based out here in beautiful town of Bright but we shoot all over the place so literally anywhere we have camera we'll travel is our <laughs> motto <laughs> as camera
0: will move <laughs> as camera will move but uh,
1: yeah no so we yeah we do all sorts of stuff so go over to the website and check that out and uh, our Instagram is exactly that as well Emble.studio so yeah. and then if you want to check out my own stuff it's just at Andrew Hardy on Instagram and there's links and things there. That's that's my only that's two me. plugs that's pretty me.
0: much. I was like, going to say thank you. I want to say thank you on air because Andy Hardy is the man that introduced me to Zach Bradley. He, oh, was, the yeah. one, he was the one that planted the
1: seed. Dude, it was so cool seeing, uh, seeing the other day like you post about posting that and stuff and it was like, you know, and I, I – you know, uh, it – I've been meaning to shoot a really cool film with Zach, but we just have had just like this snowball effect of just trying to get through this crazy sort of post-COVID mess of work that we have had booked in. So I feel really bad, but also I'm su- super excited to like shoot some stuff with you guys and Zach mm. soon. And, and now that he's on the new bike, like,
0: you know. He's he's decked out now. He's okay. decked out. <laughs> We're
1: going to like shoot some rad content. And um, yeah, who knows? What, I mean, the kid deserves it. So I think like... You know, he is faster than pretty much everyone that we ride with at Mystic yeah. so and that's the first like thing
0: you said to me because I remember talking to you about him and I kinda I kinda knew who he was. Like I'd seen him at races but like it was it wasn't really on the radar. I'd been wanting to help someone for a while and then you mentioned him and you said, Hey, like, this kid's going really quick, like he was tire yeah. buzzing me and tire buzzing Sam Dude, or whatever. Yeah. And then obviously hanging out with him and like he kind of
1: yeah, and he's 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 a nice kid. So um, if you're listening, Zach, I love you, bud. I reckon you're a legend. And uh, yeah, I think um, it's cool seeing seeing kids like Zach out there that are like love the sport, like and his mum's invested in it as well. Like Margie's taking him up the hill all the time, and just like you know, even even works for Blue Dirt now is like you mm. know getting him more involved in that, which is amazing. And mm. and I think um seeing that passion for the sport from essentially a small family and then like. You know, watching watching Zach, like, essentially progress, but also remain having, like, a solid head on his shoulders. You know, yeah. like, being a nice kid. Like, he's yeah. genuinely just a... Sick little dude Yeah You know Even if he doesn't Drive the shuttle bus And gets to ride Every lap <laughs> Instead we're, we're We're taking it In turns driving And the, the <laughs> yeah. little shit's In the back Getting, a, getting to ride yeah, it down like, How many more years Until Zach can drive us Up
0: the hill Was it three or four Three or more so. Four yeah It was really funny When we um, <laughs> went to ride Beauty with him And I was like When I first met him I was like Oh so Zach You're like You're driving Next shuttle And he kind of Like I just went Like full straight face On him And he was just like Oh yeah. <laughs> And I was like Nah dude It's okay This is a 14 year old Kid But, like, yeah. but <laughs> didn't know. But I'm like, you how know, he just kind of looks at me because like I didn't know him that well and like obviously like you don't know when people are taking the piss if you haven't been <laughs> around them long enough to know where they are. And I just remember straight facing you just like didn't know what to say because he's like, well, obviously I can't but you're asking me and I don't want to say no. No, <laughs> <So, Yeah. laughs> uh, oh, nah, but I was good. just, yeah, thank you. It was good that you kind of like lined that up because yeah, it's good when you have like certain people I think that they'll recommend someone or something and like they're, yeah, the kind of... Mm. Yeah, you, you trust their opinion or like what what they've got to say. So yeah, it worked out really well. Nah, and like no you say, worries. Yeah, they're they're pumped. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> seeing, seeing how stoked, like I knew he was gonna be pumped, but then yeah, like to actually see it is pretty cool. And then how stoked his mum is, and oh yeah, yeah, just
1: all the stoke. Yeah, they their hype. So that he's was, gonna go. It's gonna, I think uh, he'll he'll go a long way.
0: Yeah, well, he's I saw good. like the kids is racing against all those brand new bikes, and I was like, and I think it's good as well, man. I think like it's better to start off with something that's not as good. And then, mm. and then work your ass off to make oh, it definitely. work. And then if you get like that little, because I always say, man, like, and like, um, like the people that have helped you and like, I feel like my biggest thing is like, I just give people a push. Like, mm. I don't want to be the person that like, like I don't do that much helping, but I'd give people a push. And like, I think that's mm. my favorite thing about what I do is like, if someone looks at something, like if someone is doing something they really want to do or they're enjoying it or they want to get further, like I'll just put these certain things in place mm. or push you in a certain direction, give you a little bit of advice where you need it and help you. But like, the rest is all them. Like it's they, yeah. they do all the hard work and all yeah, the heavy totally. heavy lifting. But like some people like a lot of people just need that push, man. Like I, I compare it to like going down a slide and you like see people that are a bit overbearing. It's like imagine like you push down the slide and then their own momentum will carry them to the goal they mm. want to achieve. But if you see like overbearing parents and stuff that keep trying to like push their kid down the slide and he's like, I, I can do it myself now. You're yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, no, I've got this, I'm gonna help you. Mm. It's just like that I don't see that as being a good thing. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, always, I always like it because it's funny when I remember when I was helping Ollie Davis and I remember like I didn't want to like push him too hard. Like I wanted to help him, but I didn't want to push him. And then I remember he started asking me questions like and then I was like, once he started asking certain questions about training and doing stuff, I was like, all right, he's keen now. So then mm. as soon as he like he kind of opened the box, I'm like, all right, we're doing this now. Yeah. But it wasn't until he wanted to do it. I never want to like push someone to doing something because I want them to do it or mm. or their parents want them to do it or anything. It's like it's got to come from them, yeah. and you can tell when they start asking certain questions. You're like, "All right, this yeah. is, this is good," because yeah, I I don't I I try not to put pressure on anyone that I kind of help because my parents or my dad in particular, well, both of them really. They like dad would always say like, "I don't care what you do, I just want you to do something." And it's just like I think that's what yeah, yeah. if you if you doesn't matter you could like you said like you did the photography thing and your parents like oh you might not make might, might not make yeah. money and <laughs> it's just like yeah but this is what I want to do and it's just like yeah it's like I I think when people push people into certain things they're obviously like trying to live through their kids yeah. in a way and I think that's that's a bit sad so it's like let your kid do whatever he wants even yeah, if you don't totally. think he's going to make money who cares like mm. that shouldn't be the be all and end all no
1: nah, and it, and it wasn't you know but that that was the that was a good thing but yeah. Mm. No man. thank hey, thanks thanks to you as well. Thanks That's for right. having me on. we oh. definitely uh we definitely clocked some we definitely talking.
0: I like at the start. What are we gonna talk about? It? I really want to get um Jared and, and Sin on as well. I think that would be cool to have all definitely. three. We've got four microphones, so we might as well use them.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Let's have the couch. Session. I think the whole couch. That'll will be have fun. It. I'm glad we didn't we didn't talk about Emble too much because 'cause we've got so much going on. I mean there's like we hardly scratch the surface. So it'd be cool to yeah, for all, all three of us to have God a yarn in. about and that because there's there's some cool projects that we mm. want to do and we've got some
0: fun ideas floating around. I like it. And then you can just give me some saucy clips that you get. I can put it over the top of you guys talking yeah. about the thing. I was like, oh. <laughs> feed the content monster. Feed the feed content, content monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, sick dude.
1: Nice. Thanks, Eve Sten. You,
0: ah. <laughs> Done. Oh, man, I really need to pee. Yeah, <sighs> me too. Yeah, the podcast God.